No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison and no shirt. I gotta put a shirt on. Hold on, there we go. All right, oh, it's hot here, man. It's really hot and muggy, but uh, we're gonna have a good show tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. Although I was thinking to myself, if I didn't love Jason and I didn't love this show, this is the kind of moment. This is the kind of nice muggy summer night I'd be like, fuck doing a show. I just want to go have some beers and sit on the porch. So, But luckily, we have Jason on, so I can practically do that anyway. Because uh, our guest is, as I said at the end of the show last week, we've given a lot of titles to people on this program. We've never bestowed the honor of BOA Audio Drinking Buddy. And that is, of course, going to Jason Offit, our dear friend who's back here to help us close out the seasonal format on Banal of America. Jason, uh, welcome back, buddy. Tim, thank you very much, and I will wear that title proudly. I knew you would. I knew you would. And uh, Jason is an author. He's a humorist. He's got a ton of books out there. Uh, what lurks? What lurks beyond? Is that it? No. Yes. That's I it. knew it. I knew it. And uh, Darkness Walks, of course, is one of his most famous books, the Shadow People book. And he's he branched out into uh, he did a travel log. He can tell us all about these. And uh, he also did uh, a bunch of fiction. A Funeral Story is the one I know most notably. Um, so he's, a, he's an author, an accomplished author, and uh, as I said, a humorist and a funny dude and someone who's been on the show a million times now, it seems. I haven't even kept track. So he was one of those people when it was like, it's time to put together season 10. It wasn't like, are we going to get Jason off it? It was like, when are we going to put Jason off it in on the schedule, essentially? And as weird luck would have it, we have him on the, the night of a of a Red Sox Royals game. So we uh, will have that going on in the background tonight. Well, yeah, I think that uh, it had to be on a night where there's a Red Sox Royals game, and it's it's one to one in the, in the uh, middle of the third. Yeah, and the, and the weird part, uh, this is kind of funky in a, in a in a way. This is one of those things I hate people that do this, but I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> but earlier tonight, I went out. To uh, to pick up some beer and uh, and some cigarettes, and um, I got in the car and like I don't know uh, I don't know what kind of radio you have in your car, but mine was like uh, it's mine's the kind that like shows the song somehow that's on the radio, um, which I guess is like I I think it's like all futuristic, but I think that's actually been around for like ten years. But I just got a new car, so but the funny thing was is uh, it still had the info for the last song, and it was like something something I don't know what the name of the song was. And it was by Of Monsters and Men, 
but on the radio was playing one of those uh, Tom Bodette commercials. You know those Motel Six? <laughs> yeah, right, like, leave the light on for you. Yeah, and it was like that is that kind of encapsulates everything we're going to be talking about tonight. American monsters. It's like this slice of Americana, and I look down and it says monsters. So it's like the fates are with us tonight. And if you would have just recorded that, you could have played it over and over, and uh, we would have had the show done. We could just uh, sit here and have beers. <laughs> now you tell me. Now you tell me. <laughs> uh, I do want to take a moment, actually, before we start the show, because I might forget this at the end of the show, and it's important to me. And I know it's important to Jason. Uh, and I know the the people who, who are friends with me on Facebook or Twitter probably already heard about this, but um, Jim Mars is, I guess, in, in some rough shape, folks. He's uh, He's on home dialysis right now, and his family posted on his Facebook page that uh, he needs all the prayers and hope and love that he can get. So uh, that's all I ask, folks. Keep Jim in your in your thoughts and prayers, because it sounds like he's going through a pretty, uh, a pretty serious and rough stretch right now. All right, and Jim, Jim's a good one. He's Jim's, uh, Jim's, uh, Jim's a gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, the, le- I wanna, the less I talk about it, the better. I'm just... I'm just really, I'm really, uh, I'm pulling for him, man. I'm pulling for him. I mean, we just talked to him like six weeks ago, dude. It's, but, you know, so I hope, uh, I hope that, I hope that this is uh, a bump in the road and that, and that, uh, you know, he can be up and running again soon. But uh, it seems pretty serious, folks. So, you know, just uh, keep him in your, keep him in your hearts. Uh, but I want to talk to you tonight about exploring American monsters because the Odyssey is complete, right? You have finished the. I know. I, what am I saying? I know you've <laughs> you've you've completed the Odyssey. Right. Uh, yeah. Started. Uh, I guess this was in uh, what 2015. Uh, uh, I expected. Uh, yeah. I don't know when. I, I I think I expected this to be to be finished sooner than it was. I just got finished with it in uh, well earlier earlier this month. Yeah. Well, he'll. So, oh, we can do the. T- I pulled this from the archive here. This was the last time, and this is crazy because I. I've been talking to you for years on this show, and I looked at the thing, and I'm like, this is fucking crazy. The last time I had you on the show was March of 2015, over two years ago now. And, uh, and, and I, you had just started the, the project, and I, I asked you this. We'll, we'll go to the uh, – Well, this is a weird question, but uh, this isn't like a challenge or anything like that. I'm just kind of intrigued. Uh, when do you think you'll wrap up all 50 states? Probably um, it's gonna be it's gonna be December, early January. All right. Oh, so you think you can do it in a year? Well, I'm planning. Yeah, I'm planning on doing one a week. All right. Fifty states, fifty-two weeks. Yeah, I can do this. Oh, now it's now it is turning into a challenge. Yeah. All right. Well, when you finish that, we want to have you on the show, and we'll do sort of like a tour of American monsters. There you go. Now we're it's all come back. We predicted it would happen. I was so full of, I was so full of shit. I know you can kind, of, kind of tell in my response that I was very skeptical of that. I was like, oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah, you should have called me on it right then, you know, or taken bets or something. Yeah, it, it didn't happen. It took me twice as long as I intended, but but uh, but that's okay. That's yeah. all right. It's finally finished. Yeah, well, I just I should also say, let the record show, the guy giving you shit was also the one who did, like, four podcasts last year. So it's, we're, you know, I, I have no I have no hill to stand on this one. Um, all right, now I sent you a list. I went through. We, we did, like, the first, 
we did the first like um, four or so two two years ago. So I didn't want to redo those, even though there was one in there that was awesome, like a Metal Man or something, um, like an Alabama Metal Man or something. But that's in the right, last right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to like. Yeah. I didn't want to do uh, do a rehash to start it off. So I went through the list today. I actually read through all these. This is a, a question I. I uh, would ask at the end, but it's like I kept thinking this as I was reading this. Have you – I don't know. This is all – all of these pieces, folks, are over on Mysterious Universe, which is a fantastic website for uh, stories and, and a podcast as well, I guess. Um, but have you – I don't. so I don't know if you, like, own this stuff or if they own this stuff, but, like, have you thought about putting this all together into a book? Because it would be awesome. Well, I, yeah, I, I have. Actually, I talked uh, I, I talked with them about it, and they uh, they're like, yep, yeah, cool, just – Give us a mention and, and and we're fine with it. So I'm uh, at some point this summer. I hope. And I, you see, I'm not. I'm not saying I plan to. Right. See how well that worked out for me last time. <laughs> uh, I, I hope. I hope to have this uh, uh, put together and, and edited. Um, you know, in in in, in, a, in a manuscript form, and I'm going to start looking for a publisher. Because yeah, this was a, a lot of work, and there's a lot of really cool, creepy, and sometimes completely ridiculous monsters uh that, that i found going through the united states so yeah let's uh yeah this is this is definitely going to be a book and and i have I, I actually put all my files together and if you went through this today you went through more than fifty thousand words words in, in in a day so kudos to you yeah well i busted ass because i i promised you i'd get these like two days ago so i was like well you gotta just buckle down and read these things so um and read it like well, and try and get through them. I, I, I. Uh, we don't want to. Aff- you like this? We don't want to offend anyone in the audience because I know how sensitive people are nowadays. But I noticed personally as I was going through these, I think I might be prejudiced against sea monsters and and sort of like just regular Bigfoot. Because every time I saw one of those, I was like, no, no, people don't want to hear about sea monsters and and stuff like that. So. I, for all the sea monster fans and sea monsters that might be listening, it's not personal. I just don't, you know. Seems like every body of water has a sea monster. Even, I, and I can't cite any specifically because, because I have excluded them from my list. But there was a few in there that are like uh, man-made lakes and like reservoirs. It's like, no, how the fuck is there a monster in your reservoir, man? There's just, it's not possible. Right, right, yeah, and, and a few of those, and yeah, I, I did, I did point that out when I, you know, when it came up, is it, but this has only existed since 1934. Okay, there's just no way in hell there's a prehistoric monster in your in your reservoir. It's, right, it's, right, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, not gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, and and uh, I don't have, I don't have a problem whatsoever with you, uh, you know, with little fish not covering uh, lake monsters or, uh, um, or or Bigfoot, and every single state has one. Multiple, multiple stories. Uh, I, I tried to avoid the the common monsters, but I, Bigfoot. I mean, they had individual names for Bigfoot in almost every state. So yeah. I felt like I had to cover those, like Old Red Eyes or the Grass Man, yeah. uh, or in Missouri it, it's Momo. So I mean, if, if they're named their pets, I kind of felt like I had to do something with them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If it if it rises to the level of getting a funky nickname, it. It deserves mention, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, 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 as I said in my message to you, I skewed all those. Hold on your hats, folks. Get on the edge of your seats, because I went for like the freakiest, 
weirdest shit I could find in in Jason's uh, collection. So we're we're going into a real a menagerie of American monsters, uh, some real weird stuff. So are you ready to? Uh, well, and I, well, well, yeah. Except for I will point out the weirdest, the freakiest ones. You did leave out one Bigfoot encounter. This Bigfoot uh, was in South Dakota or was it Wyoming. I don't remember now, but he wear he wears a top hat. What? I I feel like I met. That's not Two Face, right? I saw the Two Face. I think that. No, was, this yeah. this was this was something else. This was something else, and this, he's been seen peeking in people's windows and wearing a top hat. Ah, oh, shit! I missed that one. Damn. Wow. All right, that one's on me, folks. But we, I'll have to, I'll have to look for that <laughs> one later. Um, maybe, maybe someone in the chat room can search it out somehow. But uh, all these, and I'll stress again, all these stories and stuff can be found uh, if you go to the Mysterious Universe page and then find Jason and click on his name, and then you can kind of like take to the list. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through. Uh, I, I went through the alphabetical order just as Jason did. So we'll, we'll do it that way. Uh, going on the journey. Are you ready to begin? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've been waiting for me to hurry up and <laughs> get started for a while. Well, <laughs> I, I I kicked things off here. I picked up the first thing that really caught my eye was in California, and that was uh, these entities, for lack of a better term, called the Dark Watchers. And I don't want to step on your toes, but it's like this thing is. Uh, these have quite these have quite the story to them. I mean, I tried to pick out some of the stories that were like. Not just one dude saw something, but have have a little bit of a legacy uh, in a sense. So, tell me tell me about these dark watchers. Right. Yeah. And this. Uh, yeah. This is this is uh, you know they have uh, you know, hundreds of years worth of worth of history behind them. It's in the San Lucia Mountains, which are are uh, um, coastal mountains uh, near uh, near Monterey County, um, or I think it starts in Monterey County and goes to St. Louis Obispo County. But uh, there are these. Uh, human-like creatures or entities there, and they they just watch. They're they're um, they're they're dark, and they stand on slopes and seem to watch people. Uh, the the local uh, American Indians reported them, you know, hundreds of years ago. The European settlers, when they showed up, uh, would see these things, and they would just stand on ridges and seem to stare across the mountains, like a shadow and, person, almost like well, a, did yeah, they make yeah. out any details. No, it was it was like they're a sil- silhouette. Yeah, hmm. just, just like a shadow person, uh, just a, a, a black cutout of a, of a of a human shape standing there on a ridge. And when it seems like that they've noticed people are watching them, they just they vanish. They just fade away. And what's really kind of weird about them because people have, have like I said seen them for hundreds of years and have tried to tried to go up and and, and get closer to them. And whenever people start to get close. You know they they fade away, but if anybody has a gun or is dressed in weatherproof clothing, uh, they tend to disappear a lot faster. So they they don't like guns and they don't like raincoats. That's so weird. But if somebody yeah, it's strange. If somebody is walking around, you know, like uh, you know, uh, I, I guess a a forty nine or a mountain man, uh, they they'll hang around a little bit uh, a little bit longer. I think one of the cool things about this is that John Steinbeck wrote wrote about the Dark Watchers in a, in, a, in a short story, which is pretty cool. Right, right. That's the kind of thing that you, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that makes it more 
it's not just like an urban legend, I guess you could say, or at least I don't know what you'd call it, like an old timey or like at best maybe. But it's like it's from it's from a while ago, folks. It's not just something that like people made up in the internet era. Right, and and what makes this you know what makes this something that that, that I like, I was really excited to find it, is that they're you know not something lurking in in the shadows that's gonna you know grab your grab your ankle as you're walking by. They're in plain sight, standing on a ridge staring out over the mountains. Right, right. You know I'm what not hiding. Me. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm not hiding. Hi, how you guys doing? Hope you can see me. I'm out of here. Yeah, well, it reminds me also of sort of like the idea of uh, like that. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's sort of like a similar thing in a way. It's like the um, sort of like the old, the, uh, the third man thing with mountain climbers. Like uh, how how uh, mountain climbers feel like there's a third. Sometimes there's a, they feel like there's a presence with them. You know what I mean? So I wonder, like. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I you know. grew up in Missouri. I'm not. I'm not big on mountain climbing folklore. <laughs> That's a modern thing. I don't know. You'd have to Google it or something. But yeah, people have written books about it. It's a psychological thing more than anything, I think. But I don't know. It's something like. Uh, where, I mean, it, it. It could be. It could be. You know, the same sort of vein is that that you know people if they're in a. Uh, um, you know, almost in a traffic accident, but they feel the wheel wheel get pulled, and they're like, "Well, somebody was in the car with me, I couldn't see," and they pull the wheel. I mean, you've heard that story before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder, like, because that thing, these are like kind of, uh, like, they're not like I don't know. It's hard to explain. They're like an, like I said earlier, they're like an entity, not necessarily like a, a creature per se. It, it, you know, that's what first stood out to me. It's like very weird. Uh, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they and again, I mean, their their description sounds like sounds like shadow people, but I mean, these things are in in no way malevolent. I mean, people don't uh, they they don't they don't attack people, they don't approach people, they don't people uh, people who see them don't you know feel terror like like they do with a shadow person. They're just hanging out on the mountains, looking out to the ocean. Right, right. It's like who doesn't want to do that? I would love to do that. Let's go, Tim, right now. It sounds nice. Well, there's no mountains near you. You just told us that, so get get over here. I will. <laughs> I can I can find a mountain, I guess. Um, and the other one from California is uh, is the Billowack Monster, which uh, it says here terrorized Santa Paula, California during World War II. So it's like these are a lot of these stories are like this, folks, where there's like this like weird window of time. Where, you know, I'm sure a lot of skeptical people will chalk it up to, like, mass hysteria, but it has to begin with something, you know what I mean? Even if that's a misidentification. It takes on a life of its own. It's really cool. And, they, they you know, there's these sightings and things and, and a frenzy for a brief period of time, sometimes longer. But the Billowak monster is a good example of uh, this sort of thing that keeps coming up throughout the Jason's journey across America. Right, and and you know that that is what you just described is is, is correct with with many many of these monster sightings, uh, and well, one that we're not going to talk about tonight, but I'm sure uh, most of your audience is familiar with is is Mothman. Oh, the yeah. whole Mothman thing uh, was in a it happened in a very very short period of time where a ton of people saw this creature, and and it's the same it's the same with the with the Billowack monster. It was just a, a few but this was a few years. Um, yeah. Anyway, this, uh, this this creature was was you know Bigfootish. Uh, it was tall. It was it was a, it was ape like, uh, but it had ram's horns. 
uh, and it, it was called the Billowack Monster because there was a, a, a dairy and a ranch uh, called the Billowack Dairy, and it would hang around there and uh, would throw rocks at people, pound on the hoods of their cars. Uh, people reported, you know, leaving dents, and, and given given the the, uh, the the metal state of cars, it would probably crush a car now. But those cars were put together well, and to leave a dent, it had to be pretty strong. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it would it would yeah it would it would terrorize drivers and uh, it uh, it lasted these sightings lasted until 1964. Uh, people there was uh, people speculated that this was some sort of uh, government uh, you know government plan to create a an animalistic super soldier and it got out of the lab and, and terrorized the area. I mean, who knows where they got the idea, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of speaks to that time, I guess, too. You know, it's like the government's right. doing secret things in the in the fifties and sixties. Right, right, and uh, well, yeah, we didn't know a lot about that, but the, the, until until later, um, you know, all the government testing back then—it's pretty terrifying what they did to us. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I I'd like to think once they like made once they created the nuclear like or the atomic bomb or whatever, I think people were just their imagines fucking ran wild, imaginations ran wild, where they were like, what? Right, that that, what that, and well, it was reflected by all the uh, um, all the science fiction movies at the time, all the paranoia and the and the Cold War. So yeah, why wouldn't the the government be trying to create an an ape goat or an ape uh, yeah sheep hybrid that was gonna you know defeat the Ruskies? Well, we saw how well that turned out. Well, right, because uh, this one got away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A few million, yeah, we'd have been fine. Uh, so that was California, folks, and we're we're not going to hit every state because Jason has a life, and we can't go for eight hours or whatever. And <laughs> and we want you to get the book when he eventually gets it put out, which hopefully will be sometime. You know, well, we don't want to put a timetable on it. So, uh, but sometime. And and so we were going to just go through what I thought were the freakiest, weirdest, sort of strangest ones I could find. And uh, the next one comes from Colorado. And I got to ask, like, where did you find all these these awesome drawings of these different monsters? Because there's a bunch of a bunch of, over the course of these different states you looked at that uh, you've got some really cool drawings in there. Well, and the the drawings were the ones that you know I, I was really happy to find because that, for the example for the slide rock bolter. Uh, from Colorado, this uh, was this was uh, was drawn for a book, uh, "Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods" by William T. Cox, <laughs> and yeah, it was. <laughs> you laughed at Cox. Um, <laughs> I laughed at all of it. it just fear, <laughs> fearsome, fearsome creatures of the lumberwoods. That's a great title. Published in 1910, yeah. which is like. <laughs> See, we would have fit in. Right. Any, we could fit in an area and and in any era, Jason. We could. <laughs> we'd be yeah. all right. We could have, and you know, we yeah, we need uh, we need to, to go back to the 80s and and you know have our metal band named Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods. That would be freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, this. Um, was a, this this hung out on slopes? It was an it was an enormous enormous creature. It would it would hang out on the tops of mountains and just lie there, waiting for somebody to come by. It had uh, it was as big as a whale. It had even had a fluke's tail like a whale. Uh, it had uh, hooks for claws, and that's how it hold, held onto the mountains. Uh, and when its prey approached, it would just release its 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 hooks and. You know, do a belly slide down the mountain, ripping trees up. You know, sending boulders going crazy, and then uh, open its mouth, which was full of sawtoothed teeth, and then swallow the creature. 
um, you know, this was something that was seen in the 1800s. This was something that was claimed to be seen in the 1800s. Some of these monsters I'm really cool with. Some of them, this one sounds pretty ridiculous, but fun. Hmm. Um, it hasn't been seen a lot since since that era, uh, but anytime somebody goes goes missing in a certain area of Colorado, that people are like, "Hey, you know, it's the Slide Rock Bolter ate so ate the tourists." Right, right, and 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 to, for people to kind of like to picture your mind if you haven't gone to see this thing yet, it's like it looks like a giant fish that like somehow slides down the side of a mountain, which raises the question of how the fish gets back to the top of the mountain. Like, did it have to scurry on its belly back up the mountain? That sounds kind of hard to believe, but because it, it's enormous. So it's like, what, the, what is this thing? You know, it almost Maybe makes you wonder. Up the next one. It almost makes you wonder if it's something that kind of, like, came out from, like, uh, you know, they're, these explorers or whatever, they're trotting along, and maybe there's an avalanche. You know what I mean? So then, like, they hear something, and it sounds like a roar, and then they go, and, and everything's sort of blown out. And they're like, whoa, what was that? You know what I mean? But I, I don't see how they'd make that mistake unless they were just really imaginative or something. Well, I mean, I mean, for over over the the centuries, people have have uh, come up with all sorts of crazy BS to explain natural phenomena. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah. Yeah. So let's put a put a let's put a whale with a fish tail uh, on top of a mountain. That is explains it absolutely. <laughs> you can't go wrong there. Uh, yeah. Now, the next one, this is one of my personal favorites because it's such a freak show. And uh, I just learned about these earlier this year, and I was like, so when I saw that you had covered them, I said to myself, I, I actually put in the notes a giant exclamation point because I was like, melon heads, melon heads. Uh, now, you've assigned melon heads to Connecticut, but uh, I guess they've been re- reported in other parts of the country. Um, so, but the melon heads have, uh, have, have made an impact. In uh, in Connecticut, so t- tell people about the melon heads because this is really not just in Connecticut, wild. but yeah, po- popular yeah. popular culture that uh, mm. I mean the, the melon heads. And yeah, there are a couple of different states that uh, that, that the melon heads have appeared in, and and it's always and a couple of these things we're going to discuss tonight, and 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 a few other ones that were in, in the book are, are kind of kind of have the same same legend behind them, the urban legend behind them, is that, that these things are descendants from people who escaped a mental institution. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, you know, mental institutions back in the day did not have very good security. They couldn't have. Um, but, yeah, these uh, are cannibals. They are small humans. They've got, they're called uh, melon heads because their heads are as big as melons on these small bodies, and they've got really big bulging eyes, and they hide in the woods and wait for people to come by. Um yeah, it's the reason they look like this, we had people who escaped from a mental institution. It's all this redneck, incestuous, backwoods, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of behavior, kind of like that uh, that uh, uh, X Files episode that never got shown more than once or twice. Uh, and if somebody comes into their their area, they uh, they get bitten, bitten by the or melon heads, maybe even eaten by the melon heads. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and this 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 urban legend is uh, supposedly keeps uh, you know it, it's one of the things that sends teenagers uh, out into the country roads to to make out, hoping the melon heads are coming uh, beat on the windows. Hoping they will. Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah, terrorize your girlfriend. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you want to. Yeah, nothing more thrilling than encountering yeah. a melon head, I suppose. Yeah. 
it's, uh, yeah, I, I heard about these earlier this year. I was like, what is, and this was like, what was this, like the 70s? That these things were like really big? This, uh, yeah, 60s, 70s, something, something like that. A lot of, a lot of these, uh, uh, the, the beginnings of some of these urban legends were, I mean, a lot of people don't think that the, uh, the like the 50s are, are modern, but you know what? Thinking of it, they, it kind of is. Um, you know, a lot of these, happened in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and, and the 80s where you'd think people would know better. Right, right. Or, yeah, maybe they do and they actually exist. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but people, you know, there was sort of like a different, there was like a weird innocence, almost a naivete back then, I think. I like to think. Where, like, the idea of a, of a melon heads is possible. Where now it's like, you know, Science would be like, get out of here, you know, because there's just so much news coverage, and you know what I mean. It would quickly be, it would quickly be like, the, all the fun would be taken out of it, in a sense. Right, but okay, and you know, when when it comes to when it, when it comes to science, I'm, I, one yeah, of the cool things science, about I'm just saying, you know, it's like, I, I don't know who else would debunk well, the melon heads. So, <laughs> so, so. Well, well, right, right. No, no, I, I I agree with that, and science would be the first to to debunk it. Um, but one of the cool things about teaching at a university is that, uh, you know, I can go drink beer with scientists, which is, which is fun. And we discuss, uh, you know, things like time travel and, and ghosts and Bigfoot and things like that. Um, and I, a number of, of, of scientists that, that teach at the university, I know, I know they, um, you know, are really interested in, in ghosts and the paranormal. They don't pursue it because they, you know, kind of like their jobs, but, Science is never going to prove any of this stuff. This is some. This is something I've been a drum I've been beating for quite a, quite a while because unless something gets captured, we're not going to be able to, you know, say definitively that uh, you know that this stuff is real. So, you know what? That's it. I don't want to go stare out over the mountains like the Dark Watchers. I want to go catch a melon head so we can prove these things exist. Well, they remind right me now. Of, I'm gonna, oh, oh, yeah. Road trip to Connecticut. I'm near Connecticut, so I'll be on the lookout for a melon head. <laughs> I'm jealous. I wish I could have beers with a scientist, but I don't know any scientists. Maybe I'll meet someone. Um, the Menehune of Hawaii. Tell me about these. Uh, tell me about these entities, because what I like about Hawaii. I don't know if you heard. I guess no, you didn't hear the episode with Nick the other night. Um, but what I like about Hawaii, in a sense, is it's very. Well, I, I guess I'll just cut to the chase. We were talking about big Bigfoot sightings and shit, and I was like, there's no way the fucking Bigfoot could be on Hawaii. Sorry, folks. There's just no way Bigfoot could be in Hawaii because it's an island that came out of the ocean. Like, it's not even, like, an island that broke off of some other place. So, like, unless Bigfoot swam to Hawaii, which sounds insane, even even more insane than, like, Bigfoot being real. It's like, if you, if you believe Bigfoot's real and it swam to Hawaii... As as Adam Davies said on the show a few weeks ago, good luck, you eccentric weirdo. So that, that's a, well, okay. But let me throw this out here: how did uh, how did the Yowie end up on Australia? I think it, well, it broke off. It broke off from some other part of the world. All right, I'm just throwing that out there. Big <laughs> ocean, big we, big monkey. We know for sure that Australia broke off some part of the world. So you know, but we but we know also that that Hawaii sprung from the ocean so there's no way so that's what i like about these uh 
that's what I like about these um, these Hawaiian stories. Because in a sense, it's like they really make you think. So, <laughs> so, so the Menahune uh, were these little people of Hawaii. So what what's that all about? Right. Well, and, and let's let's go back to to Hawaii. But every everybody everything from Hawaii came from someplace else. Okay, it's it's a volcanic island, so the plants came from somewhere else. Right. Right. Exactly. There are, yeah, yeah. They have they have a, a they have deer season on Hawaii. Did you know that? And I deer didn't there. find that. Well, there are deer there. They, of course, those were brought by yeah. you know, you know, white white people who were like, yeah, I'm going to live here. I want to hunt deer. So yeah, they brought deer to the deer to the island. But uh, anyway, yeah, no, I I didn't come across any bigfoot uh, bigfoot sightings in Hawaii. I've heard of them. That's all. That's all uh, I was saying. But in a sense, okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's okay. The Minahuni are, um, yeah, almost every um, uh, every every in you know in indigenous people seems to have uh, stories of of little people. Uh, I mean, they're all across all across the U.S., Europe. I mean, just everywhere, everywhere. You've got to have little people. Right. And and the Minahuni are the uh, are the little people of of Hawaii. They're um, I don't know, probably two to two, three feet tall. They're they're builders. There are um, there are, are stone uh, stone structures in Hawaii that are accredited to being built by the by the Minahuni, uh, including uh, dams and roads and and worship sites. They uh, they only uh, only appear at night. They're incredibly strong, and they don't tend to bother people unless you piss them off. Uh, I interviewed a couple of people who were on uh, Kauai. They were uh, they were out partying with some people, and they went to uh, an area where, um, where there was a, a Minahuni site, a worship site, and they were treating it with disrespect. And uh, things started coming out of the tall grass at them, and they couldn't see it because they were small, and they were terrified, and, and they got got the hell out of there. Um, the uh, there were trees in the area that that these uh, that these people said started to started to, to to morph and they could see faces come out of the trees and they were absolutely um, yeah like I said absolutely terrified and they they tore the hell out of there um, the uh, the woman in the group and and uh, um, she talked them all into bringing a bunch of fruit back the next day and uh, <laughs> and, and hoping that appeased them but. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is pretty typical for a lot of uh, a lot of cultures. It's uh, they're they're small people. They only only come out at night, and uh, they're generally pretty cool unless you do something to upset them. Yeah. Well, it's weird. It makes you think like it makes you think with all the little entities from all these other cultures, and not and like even when we were talking, you know, in the fifty states, you're talking about it too. You know, the Pukwudgies and a bunch of other places. I think we even have a few more on the list of little people. It's like, what is, what does that mean? Where does it come from? You know, are there little people that like, you know, that exist, but we don't know. Like, you know, maybe we conjure them, or God knows what. God knows where they come from. But it's like, to me, it's like if it's happening everywhere, and everybody, every culture seems to have them. Like, there's got to be something to it. You know, not necessarily that there's like little people running around, but that there's something. I don't know. Well, there's smoke, there's fire. I guess is what I'm saying. You know, it's 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 based somewhere. And then this is something. Whenever, uh, whatever, whenever I'm giving giving talks on uh, on paranormal topics, one of the things that I bring up is is exactly that. Is that 
every culture on the planet, as far as, as, as we know, has always had stories of ghosts. And it seems like every continent except for Alaska has – not Alaska, <laughs> Antarctica, sorry um, – has, um, has Bigfoot stories. Really, and, and, and these, these, these countries, these, these, these civilizations, uh, at one point, as far as our, our uh, you know, archaeology can tell us, were not connected. I have a feeling they probably were more than we know, but but how did they come up with the same stories if they were not connected? Right. Well, I mean, over over the centuries, and and yeah, it's the same with the little people. And when uh, the uh, the Ibu uh, Gogo, um, uh, the, the the hobbits, the, the forest island, uh, when these when these creep these humans, these diminutive humans were found uh, that fit the, the the legend of the of the of the indigenous peoples on Flores. I mean that was kind of justification for people who who have written about uh, you know the, the little people all across the world. Hey, look, we have actual physical evidence that you know three foot tall humans you know once existed. Right, right. So it makes you wonder. Uh, maybe maybe they're out there, man. Maybe they're out there. You know. Yeah, I mean some of them. Uh, some of the stories are are, are kind of you know kind of kind of a, a bit out there. I mean the the um, the Ibu Gogo, uh, which I believe means grandmother who eats children. Uh, oh boy! They would, you know, they would, you know, raid villages at night, steal children, and, and eat them. Um, I mean, that turned out to, <laughs> turned out to possible. I mean, at least the, the the creatures turned out to be true, and and our relatives. Maybe we just haven't found uh, found the bones of all these other ones yet. Yeah. Plus, there's also like the idea. Not even getting into, like, the interdimensional thing where it's like maybe these things are like elementals or something, but it's like they could also be ghosts. Who knows, you know? I mean, now we're getting into real crazy territory, but it's like we're talking about little people that people encounter. So it's like if you can see a ghost of, like, a Revolutionary War soldier, how come you can't see a ghost of a little pygmy? See, and this is the issue. There's no, there's no crazy talk, That's really. That's great about the show. When you're, talking, when you're talking about this, I mean, it, it – it, I – I did not think that when I first got into, into into researching the paranormal, I was thinking, okay, you've got UFOs, you've got ghosts, you've got Bigfoot, you know, you got you got lake monsters. All these things are separate. You know, the more I've researched it, the more I've listened to researchers, the more and more, you know, books that I've read, like all of this stuff is connected in a way that we can't understand and probably never will. Right. So, well, I hope someday we know something about some of this shit. And that's... Just... <laughs> That's as, uh, you know, that's as hopeful as I can get, because uh, we're getting old, man. It's been two years since yeah, I talked I, to you last time. We don't have any new answers to any of this stuff. I know. I just know if I'm driving somewhere and I see a Bigfoot lumbering across the road, I'm flooring it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to. You got to. I'm sure you got some to, people... got to put the thing down. Yeah, thank you. You know, I have no mercy for Bigfoot. Sorry. And I love Bigfoot. It's like, but in order to save it, we must kill it. I've been, and people get ticked off at me when I say this. I know. That's why I'm laughing because I know there are probably people that are like outraged to hear that. But, folks, if we're going to save the Bigfoot, we got to kill one. Sorry. And that's exactly – and that's why, you know, when people are like Bigfoot hunters or Bigfoot researchers, I'm like, no, you're not. You're hikers. If you're not out there to actually put a bullet in its face, 
So right. science can say, hey, this thing actually lives. You know, this thing actually exists. You know, we need to do something about this. You know, so another one doesn't get killed. You know, that's until that until that happens. You know, it's 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 fantasy. And and I for one, if anything's going to be found, there's plenty of evidence that that it's going to be Bigfoot. What do you mean? I just I mean, I mean okay. There's uh, of any any. Any myth, any, any creature out there? Oh, okay. Any, That's any, what you're any saying. Cryptid, yeah, okay. If any cryptid, any, yeah, any yeah. cryptid is going to be found, and there's more evidence for Bigfoot, and not just. I mean, the the evidence that there is that there is a Bigfoot is enough to you know put a put a person away for murder if if that was in 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 court. If you had a trial and you had all of this uh, you know type of evidence, you could put somebody away. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. But. Bigfoot's lacking a body, so it's 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 not getting put away. Right, right. And you know, like I said, I I'm I'm the world. No, I'm not the world's biggest Bigfoot fan, but I'm a huge Bigfoot fan. But it's like, you know, we need to move to the next stage of Bigfootery, folks. And that's why if you got one, then people could be like, all right, well we we got it in this place. We need to like cordon off a good couple acres or whatever, some space, so we know this is where the thing comes from or something. You know what I mean? How much money would you get operating a big Bigfoot preserve? I don't know. Think it's Jurassic Park. Let's just go in there. Charge people to drive through. I heard there's like a giant, like a giant, giant, like super forest, like in China, that's essentially like where the Yaren lives, and it's just like a Chinese, you know, it's like a, it's like a national forest. So it's like, and it's enormous. I probably got eight things wrong about what I just said. But, but it but, sounded damn good, Tim. Yeah, I'm relatively. I'm you know you can Google Google that, folks, and you'll figure out what I mean. But there's like some kind of where they think the Yaren lives in China is like a relatively giant protected land. So you know we might need that here in America so we don't start pushing in and taking over Bigfoot spaces. Right. Well, and you know there's there's so much land. In the United States, because we, we think that it's you know you know we're we have civilization everywhere. There's no place for Bigfoot to hide. There are so many places in this country that's that's thick with lush forest that, that where Bigfoot could hide. It's it's, it's it's crazy how much space that people don't live on. Right, right. Especially up like in Canada, the Bigfoot may be mostly in Canada. It may not even come down here very often. Yeah, I don't I I don't know, man. It's, it's seen everywhere. There. There are tons of reports from southern That's Missouri and northern Arkansas and Oklahoma, tons, and Texas as well. Right, right. Well, as I as we talked about with Lauren, it's like I think maybe Bigfoot's migratory. So you, if you see him in like Arkansas, you're gonna by the time you get round up the posse, he's already moved on to whatever state's next to Arkansas. And that's why I'm gonna hit him with my car. There you go. All right, so we'll move on to the next creature on the list because we could, you and I could wax poetic about Bigfoot all day because it's. I think we're both equally fascinated by Bigfoot, um, and that's the Popelik monster, and this uh, this little creature uh, resides in Kentucky, so it's the kind of thing you might expect to run into in Kentucky. So it's the Popelik right, right, monster. Uh... Yeah, part part sheep, part man. Something that looks, uh, you know, kind of like kind of like uh, Pan from uh, from Greek mythology. Um, now this this has got this has got a uh, you know a legend to it, as most of these things do. Um, one of the stories, the, the local stories, is that uh, the Popelik monster 
is uh, an, a, a, the undead form of an old farmer who used to be a, who was a Satanist. I grew up on a farm. I don't know many. I never knew many Satanist farmers. They were mostly Baptists. Yeah, that's a, that's um, a yeah, that's an odd profession for a Satanist to undertake. Is is to be a farmer? Is to be a farmer? Yeah. Although, yeah. Now, hold on, so, hold on. If I was a farmer, if you—that's the question. Which came first, the farmer or the Satanist? And then when you think about it, it's like probably the farmer. Because if I was a farmer, I might turn to the devil because I was so, you know, I didn't like being a farmer. Well, I mean, I can <laughs> I can kind of see that. But if you're if you're a farmer, you're going to play pray for rain. If you're a Satanist farmer, what the hell are you going to pray for? You know, brimstone. Doesn't do doesn't do the soybeans very well. Okay, yeah, all right. So yeah. so let's let's continue with the public monster. So Sorry. yeah, this uh, I mean it was also given uh, uh, an one of the explanations is it was it was a sideshow freak from a circus that got loose. Now regardless, this thing hangs out on a, on a railroad bridge, and it uh, you know beneath the bridge, you know this is uh, you know the, the the true troll under a bridge, and it. Cries. Uh, it, it, it sounds like a, a woman crying to lure people onto the the bridge trestle. Um, when there's a train coming, when the train starts coming, they have nowhere to go and they jump to their death. Yeah. So I don't know why that. I don't know why uh, you know why why a goat man would want to you know make these creatures jump to their death or make these people jump to their death. Because he feeds I don't know how their fun that was. souls or whatever. No, I don't. Mean, I think if he was uh, you know, a satanic farmer, killing him himself would be a lot more fun. That's true. Did you see – now, I mentioned this specifically because since you wrote that story, uh, not having nothing to do with you, of course, uh, some girl died at the Pope Lick Monster site. Did you know about this? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Let me see if I – yeah, here it is. Ghost Hunter Searching for Pope Lick Monster Atop Trestle Killed by Train. This was last April, the end of April. Uh, let me just—I'll give you—I'll I'll read you a little bit about it. It's from the San Francisco Gate. That's the first one that popped up. If you believe the legend, Kentucky's Popelick monster has claimed another victim. An Ohio woman was looking for the mythical creature, half man, half goat, with her boyfriend Saturday, from atop the Popelick Railroad trestle outside Louisville when she was hit by a train and plunged at least 80 feet to her death. So, it's uh, okay. Yeah. Here's the problem: is is that people are stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't, yeah. you don't play on. I, don't, I mean, she's dead, so I feel sorry about. It. I feel bad for saying this, but you don't play on railroad tracks. Right, right. You certainly don't climb like a railroad trestle, dude. You don't go. You don't go fucking around on a railroad trestle. But you know, it was her and her boyfriend, and they were in town for a paranormal tour of the shuttered Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Apparently, that's what it says here, and uh, decided they would take a side trip to investigate the Pope Lick uh, Creek, which is where the Pope Lick monster uh, hangs around. And they so. went up there, and they're like, are we going to be okay? Oh, yeah, sure, honey. I saw I saw Stand By Me. The kids were fine when the train came. All right, we'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so, monster. That's another one. Now, that brings up an interesting point, too. We're talking about trends with some of these stories. Goat, goat men, man. What is with all the goat men? They're they're everywhere. This is like the second goat man we've done already tonight. Right, and we're going to do a third one because I think we're going to talk about uh, talk about one in Texas as well. Um, I don't know. I, the goat men have been. Uh, I mentioned this uh, with the first goat man. 
Uh, it looked like Pan from uh, from Greek mythology. So the, the legend of Goatman's been around for a very, very long time. Uh, what what was it? What was it based on? I don't know. Could it have been an excessively hairy human with club feet? I, I have no idea. Could have, could the gods have made it with a goat, and that's what they came up with? I don't. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's it's great stories. What anything anything shaped like a human immediately causes fear. Maybe the goat man, maybe that, um, or, or sheep, because there's a sheep squatch at some point. Uh, maybe these areas, when they were first settled, um, they had a lot of people with sheep. They had a lot of people who, who raised goats. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's how what, what they base their legend around. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe I don't know if you've was... seen these kind of things, but, like, sometimes you get, like, a, like a mutant sheep. You know, that looks like a. I've seen, I've seen them. So people are gonna, you know, people, some skeptical people listening are probably like, what? You know, but like I've seen them straight out of like India, where it's like, you know, goats born with like human faces or mutant faces, where it's like I can see something like that, and then it's it, it, it like you know gives way to like some kind of legends. Right, there was one in I believe India, a goat recently or a sheep. I think it was a sheep. Was born with one eye. It was a, it was a yes, cyclops yes. sheep. The cyclops. It that was, was a goat. It was a goat. Creepy as hell. It was a, goat. It was a yeah. goat. Yeah, that was really creepy. What? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Absolutely, that could come up with uh, with with its own legend, and and you know, the legend is the thing got loose. What are you seeing? What are you hearing coming at you in the woods? You know, it might be, uh, you know, it might be anything, but that's what you're going to think it is. It's the sheep squatch coming to get me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Very very right. weird. Yeah. Somebody, I'm sure there's someone who's written. If if not, Joshua Cutchin could write a book on just the goat, just goat people. I'd like to fi- find out, you know, a collection of all the, all the, the, the all the greatest goat hits would be uh, interesting because there's, there's quite a few. Uh, there's, they're all over the place, man. They're really creepy. Yeah, uh, I love the title. All, all all the great goat hits. Yeah, that's the book. There you go. Uh, all right, so next on the list here is uh, this one's kind of a shorty, a shorty but a goody, and it's actually it's another uh, it's another little person thing. Actually, we almost don't need to do this one, but we'll mention it. The Grunch. It says here the right, Grunch. And this is yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, this is this is a lot like the Melonhead story. All right, they're diminutive humans uh, that live in uh, uh, you know, the outskirts of uh, of New Orleans, based of Eastern New Orleans. And they live in the woods on a dead-end road, and they've interbred for decades. Uh, they're albino dwarves that, uh, uh, you know, look like that because of the interbreeding. And they, you know, will kill and eat people. And a, a lot of, uh, you know, local farmers, uh, according according to what I looked up, um, you know, I've been this small lot livestock, like, like in goats, goats and uh, goats and sheep and and, and pigs, and and they appear to be drained drained of blood, so they're blamed on the grunch. Yeah, weird. Little yeah, people, very melonhead like. Yeah, little people causing trouble. And then look at this. It, you know, it says area farmers talk about missing goats and the small livestock, only to later find them dead. And here we go, folks. Drained of blood. There's another like recurring theme that comes up all the time. This like drained of blood thing. It's like where that's straight out of the chupacabra playbook. So it's like what. What what is going on, man? A lot of these sort of like attributes overlap with each other. It's very interesting. Right, but I I also believe that if if if, if a creature uh, you know something something dead lays in a certain spot for a certain period of time, the blood is all going to drain down. 
I suppose. Yeah. And, but. Yeah. And I, I guess like a like a farmer wouldn't know that. Well, I I I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up on a farm, and uh, anything that was dead, we we got rid of fairly fairly quickly. So you got to. Um, you'd have to. They smell bad. Yeah, God knows what else. Um, diseases and shit, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, now, how about the, we're staying in Louisiana here. It's funny, because some states are, like, rife with stuff. You think of, like, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Louisiana's like another one, Texas. Uh, Louisiana, all kinds of weird stuff. The Honey Island Swamp Monster, because this is one of the more sort of well-known uh, type creatures in a sense. It was it, It's from the 60s, so it's kind of got a little bit of, like, it's got that... I don't need like a happy days vibe to it. You know, it's got that it's got that nostalgia thing to it. So it's uh you know, it's from the nineteen sixties and and it's sort of it's just from that era. It's from that fun era of like flying saucers and just kook, kooky, goofy, monstery feelings that were like all over the place. So tell us about the uh the Honey Island Swamp Monster down in Louisiana. Right, and I, I'm going to touch on something that that you alluded to before I before I jump on Honey Island. Yeah. Uh, about about some states are rife with monster sightings. Uh, I really think you know in in all the research I did, it has to do with the size of the state and the amount of uh, diverse uh, geography and you know population of the state. All those things fall into you know they, they you know equate to either a lot of monster sightings or not many monster sightings. Yeah. <laughs> One example is the one I did on Rhode Island. Yeah. Somebody sent me an, an email, you know, bitching about, well, this was about as, you know, long as a postage, you know, postage stamp. And I'm like, it's fucking Rhode Island. Yeah. How like, big hey, man, is Rhode it's, Island? It's, it's Rhode Island sized. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's tiny. Anyway, Honey Island. Just uh, you, you said this was happened in the '60s. Uh, 1963, a retired retired air traffic controller um, saw a Bigfoot-type creature uh, in Honey Island Swamp. This is a 108-square-mile uh, wild, wildlife refuge, um, and again, it's 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 a swamp. Um, this guy claimed to see the monster when he was fishing, and it was it walked uh, through the swamp. It walked up on 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 dry land. Uh, enough uh, and left enough of a footprint. This guy came back later and got plaster cast. The thing I really like about this one is the description is of a Bigfoot, but it had three webbed toes. That's yeah, the, the cast was. is crazy. There's a picture of the cast, I think, uh, in here. Yes, yeah, and, and people were saying, oh, it's from an alligator, but the prints were too large for you know for for an alligator. They were they were they were enormous. Um, the the guy said uh, now Bigfoot's usually reported as as having reddish brown hair. Uh, there have been a few uh, white ones. Uh, this one, this one was gray. He said it was covered with long, long gray hair. And when he saw that the uh, the man was watching him, it saw the man was watching him. It just took off running, jumped in the swamp, and and uh, and and left. Yeah. So I, I just, I mean, I, I I like, I would like, would like in a story where somebody gets attacked. Those, those things never seem to happen. Um, the last sighting of this creature was in uh, in the uh, early 70s. I think it was 1974. Um, one of the uh, example, or one of the one of the one of one of the um, um, the origin stories for the Honey Island monster is a similar uh, similar story for a lot of Bigfoot uh, you know areas with Bigfoot sightings. 
is that a circus train crashed and apes got loose. Oh, so yeah, the classic. Is, yes, classic Bigfoot yeah, that's story. Classic. And, and this one was that um, uh, a circus train crashed, chimpanzees got out and uh, mated with alligators. That's what the Honey Island monster, uh, you know, that's where he came from. Wow. That's awesome. I like that. That's yeah. wild. I've uh, given, you know, a high five to the chimp. That's a brave. That's a brave chimp. Oh, I thought for a minute you said you high fived a chimp. I was like, Jesus, don't do that, Jason. They're dangerous. Oh, I, I know. No, I'm. Yeah. You couldn't get me within like ten feet of a chimp. That's about as close as I would get, I think. Yeah, I'm. My family's upstairs watching uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes right now. Chimps are dangerous as hell. Yeah. Yeah. They, and it's they scary. will one day take over the planet. That's fine. I don't. I don't. I don't know how many more years I have left. So <laughs> let the chimps have it. They may do a better job. Uh, so let's talk about the the. Now this is a complete departure in a sense. The next one we're going to journey down the uh, the old Mississippi to uh, Mississippi, and uh, you like what I did there. And then we're going <laughs> to mm-hmm. we're going to take on the. Uh, what are these things called here? The, uh, the the Pascagoula River Aliens. Now, this is more of an alien encounter. This is like a close encounter of uh, one of those kinds. And what's interesting is I should give a shout-out to our buddy Red Pill Junkie and Greg Bishop because this little uh, – the Pascagoula River Aliens become sort of the uh, the, the quasi-like mascot for, for a lot of what Greg does. He's got a little cutout of, uh, of, the, of the infamous alien, the drawing you have on the, on the thing. He calls him Pasky. So talk about this famous uh, alien encounter, I guess you could call it. All right, uh, yeah, absolutely. And the um, I will because they are, you know, there. This is an alien encounter. Why is it? Uh, why is it lumped in with with Bigfoot and river monsters and things of this nature? Why Why aren't aliens monsters? You know, I, I I'm going to throw them into that category. Anyway, this this happened in 1973 um, in in Mississippi. A couple of guys were. Uh, on the Pascagoula River fishing, and uh, there was a blue orb in the sky that was coming closer to them, and they watched it, uh, and it got about 100 feet from them, and it stopped and hovered over the water. And they were starting to freak out, of course, and um, they heard a strange noise coming out of the orb and, and you know, started started feeling strangely, and then they... Uh, then they freaked out because a hatch opened on the side of this of this orb, and three creatures emerged. Um, they were about five feet tall. Their heads, um, these two guys described that they were shaped like bullets. They had no necks, uh, and they, they had a slit for mouths, ears, their ears, and, uh, and their noses. Um, they had cones that looked like carrots sticking out of their heads. Uh, their arms didn't end in hands. They ended in claws. And um, they buzzed. The the monsters buzzed. Um, they got close enough. The monsters got close enough to these two terrified men that they picked them up and took them into the orb. Um, they examined the two guys and then dropped them back to earth. So they abducted. And them. the guys went. They abducted. They abducted them. Did some uh, medical research. Uh, dropped them back to earth and uh, went on their merry way. Yeah, well, it's like one of those seminal stories, you know. A lot of the UFO folks know about it, but it's weird. It counts as an alien because it's sort of like part of what these these monsters. It's not like monsters, but it's like local oddities or something. I don't. know, It's hard to explain. I guess monster works. 
you know. Well, uh, more so because if 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 we're given the the the, the Minahuni and other uh, other human like small human like entities, if we're giving them the label of monster, why not uh, the Pascagoula River aliens? Right, right. Well, monster almost denotes like creature because uh, I feel like we. I don't want to mislead people. As I said earlier, I I came out hard against the uh, sea creatures. I also didn't touch any of these uh, any of these sort of like. Thunderbird and pterodactyl type stories, but many of these states have these crazy stories. So I thought that was right, and there were too. way, way too many Thunderbird and, and pterodactyl stories. I'm just not a big Thunderbird fan. Many. I don't know. To me, I'm biased. I'm a land. I'm 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 a land lover, man. I I only like the land creatures. Sea and air, I could do without. <laughs> I've come to that conclusion. I've never even done a Thunderbird show. Ten, twelve years of doing this, I've never done a Thunderbird show. I'm sure you had, you have Lauren on. You've had Lauren on numerous times. Lauren could talk to you for hours on Thunderbirds, I'm sure. I know. Well, God rest his soul. I wish I had Mark Hall on the show. He passed away a few years ago, but he was he wrote the book on Thunderbirds, literally. So that was a big mistake on my part. I should have had him. But anyway, okay, so we'll move on to uh, the next one. We covered Paskey. We've got to try and burn, burn some oil here because we're already halfway through the show. But I'm enjoying this because these are crazy stories. So I hope the people in the chat room are. I've kind of ignored them tonight. They seem like they're doing all right. They haven't. They have haven't. You, well, have you been paying paying attention to the baseball game instead? I have actually. Yeah, Red Sox are up five to one in the top of the six. So it looks like it's going to be a Red Sox victory over Jason's beloved Kansas City Royals. What happened? Uh, it'll be a payback. What with the Royals? Yeah. They oh this this year well. The pitching's not what it was. Our, our bullpen was absolutely uh, nails for like three years, and it's it's not. We got we got rid of our closers, um, um, and so it's we we've just had a problem closing games. And for most of the most of the season, up until the last couple of weeks, our offense has been gone, absolutely gone. Yeah. Well, it seems like I want to say won the World Series. They just kind uh, of yeah. uh you know. The luster. Because they, yeah. they they went in 2014 and and you know they were in game seven they went down to the wire and they lost and I think they came back the next year with with a mission uh, I mean that's what it looked like and right right they just went won the won the World Series uh, uh, and then yeah they're done yeah and and they're gone it's hard you know you can't really it's hard to get back there that's a good that's a good but they story. were they. Yeah, they were the worst team in baseball this year at, at one point, and now the last time I checked yesterday, they're uh, firmly in third place in the American League Central. So they're climbing their way up, the, you know, up the standings. I'm, I'm kind of getting excited. Yeah, well, see, you're, I, I'm sure you're still kind of emotionally attached. There's nobody really on my team that I really like that much right now. It's just they're all kind of. I like Pedroia, but anyway, that, that's a good little break there for. <laughs> People that want to go to the bathroom. We'll go to the next creature here because this one is. I told you, folks. I tried to pick out the real cherries out of the bunch. What I thought. I cherry picked out of the, uh, you know, the really, really ones that blew my mind. And this one uh, really was like wild. Um, it's the Shunka Warakin, and I probably mispronounced that, but I like to think I didn't. Uh, the Shunka Warakin, and this. Uh, it's all went down in Montana. So talk about this uh, incredible story, because I was blown away by this. 
Wait, yeah, uh, this creature uh, was hanging around this uh, ranch in, in Montana back in the uh, 1880s. And uh, the rancher, his name was Israel, uh, or Israel Hutchins, uh, shot it. It was on his property. He, he shot it and, uh, and killed it. The, uh, the, local, uh, the local American Indian tribe said that it was a Shunka war- warrican. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly either. Uh, but that meant uh, that that name meant uh, carries off dogs. Um, so what what this this creature looks like is kind of like a hyena. Um, the, it was uh, nearly nearly black. Uh, it had high shoulders. Uh, it's black slope or its back sloped down just like a hyena. Uh, the thing was stuffed, and it's still around. There's uh, there's a guy in uh, in in Montana who. Uh, who has it? Uh, who has it? Uh, and he will. He has refused so far to have any DNA testing done on it because he doesn't want to know what it is. Because if it's proven to be a dog or a wolf, that'll kind of take the uh, you know people's interest in, in talking about it and seeing it. But the cool thing, one of the cool things about this beast that does look, look kind of kind of hyena-like, is that in the Ice Age there was a species of hyena that lived in North America. Uh, it was a hyena. It was it was a hyena-like dog that lived in North America, yeah. and and uh, this could be a surviving member that you know survived till the 1800s. Right, right, and that's the thing that's weird, as you say in the thing. It's like this is this could be like a creature that was around in the Ice Age, but hasn't been around since. Why? What difference? I mean, there's a lot to say about this one actually, because I I wish I could see more of the picture. I know you didn't take the picture, so it's not your fault. Because to me, it looks like just a dog. It's clearly – what makes this cool is that it's not uh, It's not a crazy, freaky monster. In this instance, it's like a monster, in quotes, because it's some kind of dog thing. We clearly know that. But it's uh, it turning it on its head. This is a monster that actually got caught. This was a monster that actually we, we got. Um, so it's a little frustrating. I don't know why that guy just won't let them test it. That seems kind of silly to me. Well, and, uh, if it's proven to be just a dog, he doesn't have anything special anymore. I suppose. That's, that's kind of the point. Oh, what's special? Yeah, he has I, a stuffed dog. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Either way, so, so I guess it's like a, what is that, like the Schrodinger's cat. It's like the, <laughs> it's like a dog version it's the Hutchins dog. Right. Or it's like, yeah, yeah, the Kirby dog. You know, it's like, is it? Right. It, so I mean, yeah. Well, well, right now, right now, people, people will, will, will pay to see the thing. You know, as soon as, uh, as soon as it's proven just to be a dog, it goes out with the garbage next week. But I mean, yeah, the cool thing about this to to me is is the fact that 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 creatures like this did live in in the Pleistocene era. There there are all sorts of Pleistocene creatures that. Uh, people will report seeing. There have been people in in Alaska and northern Canada who <laughs> reported seeing mastodons over the years, or the woolly rhino. Those a couple of reports of that have come in. Um, the the thunderbird you didn't want to talk about um, <laughs> uh, is 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 been has been described as uh, the closest thing that ever lived is the pteratorn, which is uh, you know an enormous. Uh, uh, enormous bird that lived in the Pleistocene era. So people people report seeing these things. So you know why not uh, why not a Pleistocene hyena? That's that interests me. Uh, like I love this story. Yeah. 
Well, I, w- I see why the guy wouldn't, but he should have it tested. To me, it's like, it's annoying. Someone just well, it's not him. Offer it's not money. him that bothers me. It's, it's <laughs> you know, scientists. If scientists looked at this and they're like, hey, wait a second, that kind of looks like, you know, you know, a Pleistocene hyena, I'm really going to go bug this guy to see if I can't, uh, you know, can't get a you know, sample of it. You're not going to go bug him. No, I'm saying if I was a scientist. Oh, and well, I yeah. saw a picture, and I saw a picture, and I'm like, wait a second, that looks like it's it's like the the coelacanth, the coelacanth, which uh, was supposed to it was just a fish that that we have fossil record of that was supposed to be uh, had been dead for 65 million years. Uh, uh, a scientist was at a fish market, and I think it was was it Africa or Southeast Asia, I can't remember, and saw a, a coelacanth. For sale to you know that had just been caught that, that you know for people to eat, mm. and that's how that was rediscovered. So I mean, I'm scientists, uh, you know, I, I would think maybe somebody has seen this. You know, maybe they don't don't think it's a it's a hyena. So maybe that's our answer. Well, yeah. Somebody needs to befriend him and then steal some of that hair for us. <laughs> Consider it done. There you go. Well, no, he's going to suspect us because we've been talking about it. Someone will tip him off. Um, similar, in a sense, is this Cardiff giant. Now, this is like a whole different kettle of fish. We've moved on to New York State. And this is another pretty famous story, but it's one that we've almost never for sure covered on the show. So it's good to have it. I like to think of the show as a weird kind of collection of stories. So talk about the uh, tell the tale of the Cardiff giant because it's quite famous. Right, and this, this uh, right off the top, this isn't a giant. Uh, it, it was a total fraud. This, uh, uh, there was a man in New York who was named William Newell, who was the uh, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Biscardi of his age. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, in uh, 18, 1860, 1869, people were digging a well. Well diggers were working uh for this, for this, for this farmer uh, digging a well near Cardiff, New York, and found a ten-foot-tall uh, stone man, um, and the word got out that there was a giant that that was petrified that that this farmer had, and he started charging a quarter and later fifty cents for people to come look at it. And I mean, it's 1869, a, a, a quarter or fifty cents—that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Uh, Archaeologists and geologists came in and looked at it and said it was a fraud. Um, religious people were convinced that this was, you know, proving that the uh, the giants of the Bible were true. Um, and one of my favorite people in American history, P.T. Barnum, Barnum, oh, yeah. uh, offered fifty thousand dollars in eight, late eighteen hundreds money to, to buy the giant. And he was he was turned down. Fifty thousand dollars at that point um, had to have been over a million, I think, uh, in today's money. At yeah, least. I'd like to know the exchange. Yeah, I bet it's yeah, it's a ton of money. Absolutely, it's, it's an absolute ton of money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so did he um, buy it? Oh, he turned it down. No, he didn't. It was he was it was turned down. So he did what Barnum would have done. He had his own maid, <laughs> <laughs> and he and he charged people to see the Cardiff Giant that was was his own stone giant. Um, Anyway, the, um, uh, the the giant was uh, in, a, in a court case was shown to be uh, you know, was, was was proved to be a fraud. Um, that's okay. 
it was still a cool story. Mark Twain wrote about it. He wrote wrote about it in a story. Um, so what I thought was cool, it's back to what we talked about earlier during the mini break. There was uh it's on display in Cooperstown. I've always wanted to go to Cooperstown to check out uh, to check out the Baseball Hall of Fame, but now I have a second reason to go. I can see the Cardiff Giant too. Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. It's on display in the Farmers Museum in Cooperstown, New York. That's awesome. I, that might be that that might be what puts me over the top to take a road trip to Cooperstown. Not just baseball, but the Cardiff Giant. Yeah, yeah. that'd be enough to do it. Yeah. See, you and I should plan that. I'll meet you in Cooperstown. That would be easier than anything. Yeah, I've always wanted to go there. I had a uh, former student got a job as a PR guy at uh, Cooperstown at the Baseball Hall of Fame, and um, yeah, I was very envious. That sounded uh, awesome for a twenty-something-year-old kid. Yeah. All right. Now we'll move on to where are we now? I already scrolled down to the story here. Ohio, as I said, uh, like Jason was talking about, all the different factors kind of come together and. With Ohio, you get some really wild stories, and the one that's probably the most famous and most weirdest is the Loveland Frogmen, which is uh, it's another one of these iconic type cases. It's almost like uh, it's sort of you know it's in, it's in the it's in the list or something. You know, it's like a B side, a popular B side, the Loveland uh, Frogmen. So, tell us uh, tell us this tale. Well, and this one is, uh, again, another modern one. The first sighting was in 1955. There was another one uh, in 1972. But the first one the first one had about everything. There was a man uh, driving near the Miami River uh, at, at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and he saw three humans, three people on the side of the road. And when he pulled over to, to help them because he thought they were stranded, they weren't people. They were they looked like frogs. They were about four feet tall. They had webbed hands, they had webbed feet, and they had green skin that was leathery. And they had frog face, frog faces. And that's not the cool part yet. The coolest part <laughs> is the biggest one of the bunch pulled out a freaking wand and went all Harry Potter on the guy. The wand started throwing spark, sparks out. The guy got terrified, of course, threw, jumped back in his car and, and, and ripped out of there. Uh, I mean, what kind of story? I mean, I would have stopped. If I was making this up, I would have stopped at the frogs. I, would, I wouldn't have pulled out the wand, but that's that's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you wonder what's going on there. Like, where did this guy... Yeah. Who would make something like that thing. up? Who would make... <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I love that idea. Oh, he would make it up. I guess... I guess somebody would might make it up, but they'd have to be... I guess this goes without saying, but they'd have to be a real asshole... Like to make up a story like that on like eight different levels, you know. That's right, right. <laughs> They'd have to be like a, I mean, a crazy you... asshole for for thinking they could do that or should do that, and then just like it's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's yeah, we're yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna make up the story because I don't know. I was late and I didn't want my parents to know that I was coming home so late, you know, for no reason. But oh, I, look, I ran into a human frog. Oh, wait a second, wait a second. That's not cool enough. They have a wand. Right. All right. Again, this was this was seen later. This was seen again, and uh, this time by a Loveland police officer in in 1972, and his is pretty um, uh, pretty pedestrian compared to to the Harry Potter frog. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he was he was driving again, again close to close to the Miami River, and, and um, he saw a, about a three foot tall human like frog man standing. 
on the side of the road. And when when the when the frogman saw the car, it ran across the road on two legs, jumped over the guard guardrail and into the river. Fucking frogman, dude. I don't know. I I wouldn't trust a frogman. No, no way, dude. No way. It's weird. The the wizard wand makes it all the more. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would trust the Bigfoot in the top hat more than I would trust a frogman with a wand. I can't believe I missed the Bigfoot in the top hat. I'm going to have to dig deep for that one uh, later. Somewhere in the chat room. The chat room's kind of active. See if you can find the the uh, the Bigfoot with the top hat. What is it, darling? Can't you hear it calling? What? It was a squawk. Oh, it was, huh? And what's that? What's a squawk, huh? Mm. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Have you ever seen a squawk's tears? Well, look at mine. But we're getting into now. This is hands down my favorite creature in the whole, in all 50 states. Any, any, any story, all the stories, my favorite of all of them is the squonk. I fucking love the squonk, dude. I, it's his, what a great name! The name, the creature, the picture, everything. The squonk is is fantastic. It, I I, and I told you I was scrolling through these different pieces and and looking at them and like when I got to the squonk I I had to stop and just just stop. I had to just stop for a while and be like, am I hallucinating? <laughs> this thing, this what is this thing? The squonk. I love it. Well, and this is this is coming this is coming out of uh, out of uh, you know William T. Cox's book again, the fearsome creatures of the lumber woods. Oh, I, I wish I could right, get him yeah. on the show, but the book came out in 1910, so I'm presuming 19, he's not around. Right. Well, I don't know, you can get a medium, maybe they can pull him up. That's true. But yeah, this is in in Pennsylvania. This wow, this creature is absolutely pathetic. It's it looks it's kind of like a pig, but it has it's, it's got really saggy skin. And it's covered in warts, and it spends its entire life crying. Crying. And right, it's just it cries. It's really sad because it looked it's the size. It looks like a pig with warts. Of course, I would cry too, maybe. And if people try to capture the squonk, all they get is tears. There's uh, there's a legend of a man. Uh, well, it was in the book, so it can't be a legend, right? Named uh, J. P. Wentling, who accident or actually captured a squonk. He had a sack apparently big enough to put a squonk in. Maybe he was squonking. I guess that's what <laughs> squonk hunting is called, right? All right, so he goes, he's walking around in the forest, and he sees the squonk. He tucks it away in a sack, and it's heavy because, you know, this is the size of a pig. Right. And he's dragging it home, and, and as he's getting home, he's getting closer to home, getting closer to home. The sack keeps getting lighter, and when he finally gets home, he opens the sack, and it's just wet. All he had was the squonk's tears. Yeah. So the squawk melted into a into into a bunch of tears. Very very weird, very sad. I'm trying to like find where did you find this book? This 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 fearsome creatures of can you get it? I want to get it. I bet I bet it's online, but yeah. It's well, that, well, it, it it is it is. I, I found it online. I'm not sure exactly where. I, I don't remember where. This is. It took me two years to do this damn book. I know. Well, it's an awesome. So, this could be. Hey, man, your book, Jason Offit's Journey Across American Monsters, or whatever you're calling it, uh, could 
could be that was a terrible title. Don't use that. Uh, <laughs> could be the modern day equivalent of fearsome creatures of the lumberwoods. You're setting me up, man. This is great. I love this. That's what I think it I is. That's this. how I'll describe it. I'll write the blurb right now for the back of the book. I'm saying it's the modern day equivalent of of uh, fearsome creatures of the lumberwoods. If you could come up with like a, making... a twist on it, like that, you know, that would be a great title. All right. So yeah, start making notes on that on that forward right now, Tim, because I want to hit you up for it. All right. All right. Okay. So that's the, there's really nothing more to the squonk than you gotta just see the picture, folks. It's uh, it's, it's fucking horrifying. Yet, like <laughs> adorable. Like it's like Eeyore. It's really I feel bad for the squonk. I'm not like ooh kill it. I'm like oh, you know, take him in, put him in a sack, take take him home, take care of him. But then he'll turn to tears. It's the eyes. It's the eyes that do it. Yeah, he's got these weepy, weepy little crying eyes. It's sad. All right, now we're into South Carolina and we're talking about the Third Eye Man. This is like a again, it would qualify, I guess, as an entity more than anything. Um, but. God knows, it's very, very weird. Very, it's, it's yeah, reminds me kind of of like this Mad Gasser of Mattoon story that Nick Redfern talked about last week. But talk about uh, the third-eyed man in South Carolina. All right, and the Mad Gasser is a great story. I've I've, I've read quite a bit about that. I love the Mad Gasser story. Uh, yeah, this is in, in South Carolina um, at the University of, of South Carolina. Um, yeah. Un- Underneath there are utility tunnel tunnels that that are have been nicknamed the catacombs. And in 1949, uh, a couple of students were were walking across uh, walking across campus in the middle of the night, and they saw a man who was wearing silver clothing. And he wasn't looking at the students, but he lifted a manhole cover uh, up a manhole cover and climbed into the hole of the manhole, and that led down to the catacombs. Uh, one of the students, a guy named Christopher Nichols, was a reporter for the uh, for the campus newspaper and, and wrote about it. Um, well, and that got you know people talking uh, about the you know the strange strange man in silver clothes who was going down in the catacombs. Um, then it built up. Uh, the next year, in, in 1950, in, in April, a campus police officer was walking around at night and saw chickens that had been mutilated. Um, well, the University of South Carolina are the Gamecocks. I mean, who knows how they got mutilated? Right. But he also saw uh, a, a man when dressed in silver clothing hunched over these mutilated chickens. Oh boy! All right, yeah, he uh, he turned on the flashlight and got a better look at the guy. This the, the skin was gray um, and mottled, uh, and the guy the, the the police officer said that this. Man had a, an eye in the center of his forehead. Um, he called for backup, and when the second policeman arrived, uh, the third eye man was, had, had already dashed off and escaped down into the tunnel system, uh, into, into the catacombs. You know, and this, of course, became uh, urban legend. Uh, you know, at the University of South Carolina. Oh yeah. And people started, you know, going around looking for him, and, and nobody found him until. The 1960s, they were you know, fraternities uh, were were hazing some pledges, Uh-oh. and they were in the, in, the, in the catacombs, and they were you know trying to scare the pledges, and they saw what looked like uh, an old man who was crippled and he was dressed in silver, and they went walked up to him, and the man started beating them with a pipe, and uh, <laughs> knocked one student down, 
uh, and then and ran off and then disappeared. Um, uh, that, that was the last, uh, you know, last recorded uh, recorded sighting of the Third Eye Man. But uh, that's that's bizarre. It's just that's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Yeah. Part of me, the part about the kid writing it for the school newspaper makes me think that it's like the old timey early newspaper uh, times. You know, when they would be like. You know how there was stories like they say the Aurora story was written just to sell newspapers. It's like I could see that kind of logic applying to a student newspaper in the fifties. So to me, it's or you while well, not even just in the fifties. There's um, uh, a legend about a uh, cemetery in Stull, Kansas, yeah. that supposedly uh, you know, has the gateway to hell. Uh, there was uh, there was a report that when uh, Pope John Paul II was in the United visiting the United States, that he requested that. The uh, you know his plane fly around Kansas so he didn't have to fly over Stull. Jesus. And all of that was made up by the student newspaper. And people will still flock to Stull to to take a look at the Gateway to Hell, and it was all BS made up by student journalists. All right. Well, that's that's fake news for you, man. Anyway, so we'll skip, we're going to skip ahead actually because we're already like deep into the show here. I want to skip into. Uh, skip some of the. I'm going to skip the Boo Hag, so folks can look these okay. up. I'm going to skip the Little Devils of Spirit Mound, and I'm also going to skip the Lake Worth Monster. We may circle back to that one if we have time, but I want to get to the next one because some of these are really like. This story was one I'd never heard before, and it's again, it's a really unique uh, tale from this collection. This is the Salt Lake Whales. Because this is a story here where it's like there's no – I mean, I don't, actually, I don't know. This is the point in a sense because I think actually you say that we can't really necessarily verify this story, but it's pretty awesome in a sense. So tell tell the story and we'll talk about it because it blew me away. I've never heard this story. Well, basically it was uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, <laughs> the one with the whales. All right, yeah, this was uh... – in, in, in Utah, in of course the Great Salt Lake, in, in uh, 1890, uh, a man named uh, James Wickham, who was uh, an Englishman, imported two whales that had been captured in, off of Australia in the waters off Australia. They were 30, 30, 35 feet long, and they were brought from Australia to San Francisco, put on a train. Uh, of course, in cars with seawater, I'm, I'm only assuming. And they were taken to Salt Lake City via train. Yeah, like and those, because have, those Wickham, have to be specially, like super, super well designed trains. Right in 1890. So yeah, you know, let's, let's yeah. go with that. Yeah, it's kind so, of yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling they would have lost at least one or two whales along the way. I would, I would think, and they had two whales, so that would have been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, this Englishman was like, okay, we've got this Great Salt Lake. I'm going to give them this great attraction. I'm going to bring these two whales. I'm going to dump them in the lake. This isn't just going to be a tourist attraction. This is going to be, they're going to breed in this lake. And the locals are going to hunt them. They're going to become whalers. So, you know, we'll have meat and blubber and whale lamp oil, and it'll just be great. Could How and, many whales could live in Great Salt Lake anyway? Well, the Great Salt Lake is pretty big, pretty big. Unfortunately... The, uh, the 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 salt content is so so much more than out in the sea that uh, scientists said that the uh, the whales couldn't have lived in there. 
That's why so I love the story. It's so like it's so ridiculous. I wish I ho- you know for the sake of the whales, I hope it wasn't true. But for the sake of everything else, I really wish it was true because it's so insanely crazy. Right. Yeah. They were dumped. They were dumped into the water, and whales immediately went out to the deep water. Uh, there'd been a fence belt in 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 the, in the in the lake to keep them close to shore. They burst <laughs> through that and they went out, went out into the deep water and disappeared. And then stories kept coming on for years about people finding the whales, and not just two whales, but but a lot of whales. That were <laughs> a breeding population, lake. just as a they... breeding population of whales, just as they had hoped. Oh, the best laid plans. So yeah. That that is that's that that's a story. There, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it, it was in it was in uh, it was in a newspaper, uh, the, you know, from that era. And as you said, uh, a lot of those newspaper stories were complete BS. But um, still, yeah. a great story. Yeah, although people for for years said that they saw the whales, the um, biology department of the University of Utah said that there's no way in hell those whales could have lived. Still a great story. I want to see somebody make a movie that, of, of that story. That is a terrific story, but that's just uh, – there, there was a story um, of, uh, you know, an, an environmentalist type. Uh, uh, this has been a number of years ago. I don't I, – I, I read it. It was – God, it was an AP story, I think. She rescued some lobsters from, uh, from a restaurant and just took off running. Jesus. Pulled the lobsters out of a tank, took off running – and threw them in a lake to set them free. <laughs> it was a freshwater lake, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. And probably just, like, whipped them, like, threw them like a baseball out into the water. And, you know, you can't tell. They just sink or whatever. So she's probably right. like, oh, they swam off. They're fine. Oh, my God. Well, they probably still had the big rubber bands around the around the claws, too. So <laughs> <laughs> everything was wrong with that story. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, we couldn't discuss uh, American monsters. We talked about the goat motif, I guess you could call it, the goat uh, running sort of thread and all these. But another one sort of of the same ilk is uh, pigmen. And they're not as popular as goat people, but they seem to pop up, uh, you know, on occasion. They're they're kind of like – they're honestly, they're, they're almost creepier than goat people, I think, because you, you, you're kind of more – it's crazy as a sound. You're kind of more used to goat <laughs> – Goat people, that's kind of a trope, you know, a goat man. But like a pig man is like even more, it's creepier. It's just creepier. So in Vermont, they have the, where is he, the Northfield pig man. Uh, so give us give us the lowdown on the Northfield pig man. Right. And, and again, as, as I mentioned, I, I grew up on a farm with, with a lot of different types of uh, farm animals. And, and we had sheep and, and, you know, I've been around goats and, and we, had, we had pigs and out of all of those, the most terrifying animal is the pig. They eat, they eat a number of human beings across the United States every year. Pigs are dangerous as hell. Pretty vicious. Yeah, they're they're vicious. Um, all right, yeah, the Northfield Pig Man. Uh, um, in 1951, there was a teenager named Sam Harris who left home. Uh, he was it was for Halloween, and he wanted he had toilet paper, he had eggs, he was going to uh, TP a house, he was going to egg cars, and he disappeared. Um, there were a, a couple of uh, you know ur- urban legends uh, uh, about what happened to him. One is that, um, well, let's throw the devil in it. He, he decided to start worshiping the devil. 
and apparently he came home to his mother uh, eating, you know, he had the raw entrails of a, of a, of a pig um, that he was eating, and he was wearing the head, you know, on top of his. Um, that that was then he, you know, put put uh, put organs of the pig on his on his mom's uh, on his mom's porch and ran squealing into the night. Um, that's that's one story. The other story is is Harris got uh, the pig man and, and Harris were two different things, and that Harris was out to to do some mischief on Halloween night, and the pig man ate him. Um, the the story continued for for years. Uh, high school students would would hang out drinking beer near a sand pit, um, and talk about the monster. And the monster would show up at the sand pit allegedly. Uh, it was walked on two hooves, and covered in white white fur. It had a pig's face, and it would chase the teenagers so much that they would drop their beer. Um, well, that would have to be terrifying. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and. Yeah, then it would would then it would disappear. Uh, people would come out uh, later. They'd get adults, and they wouldn't find anything. Although they would find, you know, the grass crushed grass crushed down like something big had been running through it. Pigman sightings came from all over the place around Northfield. Uh, there were reports from farmers. Uh, there were reports from from motorists seeing it run across the uh, you know road in front of their cars. Um, and there was a makeout area. There's a makeout area called the Devil's Wash Bowl, which is a great name for a makeout area. Um, and the teenagers would be out there parking and, and making out, and, and uh, something would bang on their windows, and they would turn around and see the pig man staring at them, which is, I'm sure was uh, uh, an enormous cockblock. Yeah, I'll say. Jesus. You don't want to run into a pig man in any way, shape, or form. You know, I can't think of any instance where I'd be like, thank God I ran into that pig man. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Now, Now, if there is one, Tim, I want you to, I want you to tell me about it. Okay. If If you're out one night and you have a, if you have a flat tire and a pig man approaches your car and changes the tire for you, I, I want to hear an apology from you. I will. Absolutely. I'll tell that story. I'll be like, Pigman saved my life. I was wrong about pig people, and I apologize. So, yeah. But so far, it hasn't happened. I'm kind of cursing myself into it. Now, here's the thing. Somebody in the chat room, I don't want to get into that story because we're, we're running out of time. Maybe we'll get into it if we if, you know, if we uh, have a window here. But he says, are you going to skip my adopted hometown leprechauns? And he, and he says, uh, the mobile leprechaun. Uh, he, said he, he said he was joking, apparently. Yeah, is this some kind of inside? Did I miss? What is the Mobile well, Leprechaun? It's in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama. There was a there, there's a news uh, there was a local news story about people who oh, saw. Oh, I remember that now with the drawing, the with the drawing, with the fucking crazy drawing. Yeah. Oh, there, there's a there's. I mean, look up the your your audience needs to go. Guys, go out and get, get online and look up the video. Yeah, I know. The Mobile it's like a Alabama Leprechaun thing. Yeah, okay. It's a newscast. It's Terrific. Yeah. All right. So thank you in the chat room for bringing that up. That's fantastic. I guess that that's a good segue in a sense because I was going to ask you, is it like, have you, you've been doing this now for like two years putting this together. Have you been receiving a lot of emails from people who are like that? Not necessarily like uh, the guy in the chat because he's just joking around. That's Vamp Elvis. Um, but have you heard from people who are like, you didn't include the Kentucky Tucky. What are you doing, man? Don't you know anything about Kentucky monster history? So, like, have you, you know, run into that? 
Where people write uh, to very, you where they're like, You left out my stuff. Uh very few. Very, very few. Uh so the, the, the main one who who complained was uh the guy from Rhode Island. Uh what the what kind of monsters are you wanting me to come up with from Rhode Island? There are so few. I had to include Bigfoot. Well, here's the because thing. Because there were so few. Here's the thing, folks. I'll, I'll say it right now uh, if Jason won't or hadn't thought of it yet. But it's like you can't complain unless you bring a monster to the table. You can't be like, why didn't you have more monsters from my state? It's like he did the best he could. So unless you have the Kentucky Tucky and you want, <laughs> and you can bring it to Jason and be like, here it is from 1842, you know, how's he supposed to know about it? So if people have that, I would suggest that way you can kind of supplement the book, fill it in with some extra new stories. If people have have uh, monsters that I have not covered, please give them to me. Yeah, I would absolutely put them in the book. And, and, and to fit what you were saying into something that happened, the squonk. Uh, yeah. This is before I got to Pennsylvania. Somebody sent me a, a message saying, well, you're, you you got to include the squonk when you do Pennsylvania. And I'd never heard of it, and I looked it up. And I'm really glad that uh, the guy got a hold of me about the squonk. Yeah, that's the best. That's my favorite story. So thank you to whoever that was. Um, now, also in Vermont, this thing's just fucking terrifying. It's really interesting. It's like it reads like a Stephen King book in a sense, and it, it even in, even more so because you say H.P. Uh, Lovecraft visited these towns where this thing was said to lurk and, and in, 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 in an effort to learn more about this, this monster. So that's like, the, it's so, it's like science fiction, it's folklore that informed science fiction or science. It's really an interesting, interesting, terrifying, creepy, creepy, creepy story. I'm surprised they haven't made a movie about this yet. And that's, uh, and it also has an awesome name, all, all, almost as cool as the squonk. It's just called, uh, the awful. How have they not made a movie called The Awful yet about this thing? I, I, I don't know, and it, it needs to happen. And when I when I stumbled upon this story, I'm like, what the hell kind of name is that? That's pretty cool. And I'm like, oh, H.P. Lovecraft. Dude, I'm, I'm a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan. Yes. Yeah, um, folks listen that he, yeah, well, and you mentioned it reads like a, a Stephen King novel. I mean, uh, Lovecraft was one of, uh, you know, one of, one of King's influences uh, as – Anybody who probably writes horror now was influenced by Lovecraft at some point. Uh, yeah, the the awful is basically a griffin, um, which is part lion, part bird. Uh, in the early 1900s, um, uh, Richford, uh, Vermont, which is close to Canada, uh, a couple of men were were walking across the bridge, the Main Street Bridge, and there was uh, they saw this beast with wings. You know, standing on a, a nearby rooftop, it had gray skin. It had a, a tail. It was was like a, a giant snake's tail, and a wings wingspan that they said was about uh, twenty feet. Uh, the quote from them that was in the local newspapers: "It had huge claws that could easily grip a milk milk can's girth." Which, where did where did you get the pic- picture of this thing? It's fucking terrifying, dude. Uh, I just I looked for uh, the awful, and that's what I came up with. Really? So someone's already okay? Because to me it was like somebody's already done that. Yeah, it's terrifying, dude. It's really creepy. Yeah, farmers. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, just more than them, more than these two two guys saw it. I mean, 
you could have could have chalked it up to a couple of lumber workers, you know. <laughs> they got off work and got hammered and were walking across the bridge and uh oh my wife's gonna be pissed. Well, we saw this thing. No, it was it was seen by a lot of people. Uh farmers would see it flying over their fields, um, it landed on people's rooftops in, in in the town and out in out in the country. Um there were some people who saw it on the on the roofs of, of buildings just staring at them. Just yeah. watching them walk. Um, a woman named Oella Hopkins was hanging her wash uh, on, the, on, the, on the line, and the dog started going crazy, and she looked up, and the awful was sitting on her rooftop, just staring at her. Um, terrified, and dashed into the house, which was close enough by, and, and crawled under her bed and hid there until her, her husband came home. Uh, Lovecraft, in 1925, had got, gotten wind of this, and uh, Went went there, went to the towns that uh, people had seen this thing in to to talk to people, uh, just <laughs> to, to fuel the fire of his imagination. It's freaking crazy. Yeah, I mean it's a griffin. These things are enormous. Yeah, it's a it, this thing, folks. Like just Google because that's how Jason found it. Google the awful. Uh, you know, maybe if you have to throw some you know creature of Vermont or whatever in there, and you'll see it. It's it's terrifying. It's the scariest thing in there. I was like, holy shit. Um, now we're getting into. Uh, I got like three more. You can go past the thing if you, if we, you know, we get twenty minutes. You're not like on a hard. You don't have a hard out, do you? No, no, I'm cool. All right. <laughs> I knew you hadn't gone Hollywood on me yet. Um, but somebody, this is this ties in perfectly. Actually, I timed this out on purpose. That's not true at all, but. This, they're asking in the chat room to ask about uh, a certain entity, and they kind of tie together here. Because I want to ask you about the Bunny Man, which uh, lurked in Virginia in the 1970s. But before we get to that, these folks here in the chat want to know if you know about the uh, the Greasy Man, which was apparently lurking in, uh, looks like, Mississippi. I don't have a date or anything. There's very little information just from a Google search, but... Uh, He's called the Greasy Man. He would sneak. He's kind of like the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. He would sneak into people's houses all greased up, and fucking no one could, no one, no one could grab him and shit. Have you heard of this character at all? No, I, I haven't. I just been. When, when? What state was this in? I believe. Where was that? I believe it was. It says here. It says here uh, he was hanging around Catherine's restaurant in the heart of Mississippi Delta. Or that's what someone, the guy who's writing the story says he lived around there. So wherever the hell, wherever the hell the heart of the Mississippi, I guess Mississippi, right? So I've never heard of this greasy man. Let me see. I haven't heard of the greasy man either. I'm going to have to look this up, and I'm kind of pissed off we didn't do this interview two weeks ago before I, I, went, I spent a week in Mississippi last week. I could have researched the greasy man and, uh, you know, just did firsthand. <laughs> I don't know if you want to research the greasy man firsthand. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Um, thanks, thanks for saving me that. See, after all these years, folks, that's what you call fucking chemistry, right there. All right, yeah. that's that's how it works. Uh, talk about the bunny man, because this is like the greasy man, because it's like a weird fucking. This is like a, you know, it's like a mutant men in black. It's like the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. It's like the Greasy Man. It's like a funky entity. It's like, it's a person. It's a human. It's a, we, I don't know. It's an entity. It's a humanoid type being. It's a being, you know. Uh, 
There are many of them, and the Bunny Man is uh, famous in Virginia. Right, and it's, it's like, yeah, what what is this exactly? Uh, is, is, is it a person? Is it a, I mean, is it a joker out there? Is it somebody nuts? Is, is it an entity? It could be, could be, uh, could be a lot of things. And uh, this thing was was reported. I mean, it was reported in the Washington Post in nineteen nineteen seventy. And so this isn't like, you know, some you know bullshit publication in you know the eighteen sixties that was, you know, using sensationalism to try and get people to pick it up. Um, uh, there was a there was an Air Force Academy cadet. Uh, he and his fiance were uh, were driving home uh, from a football game uh, one night in October 1970, and they parked in a field off Guinea Road in Burke, Virginia. It was near Washington D.C. Um, the cadet was going to see if a relative uh, in, in this house was still awake, and he he and his fiance didn't even get out of the car because something smashed into the into the front passenger window uh, and shattered the window. Glass flew in on his fiance. And when they looked out the window to see what the hell happened, there was a man in a white bunny bunny suit standing outside the window. And the man shouted, or the bunny, the bunny man shouted, you're on private pot property and I have your tag number. <laughs> really? Okay. And and the, the couple they tore out of there and went to the went to the local uh, authorities. And, you know, of course, the, the, the policeman saw the, the busted window and they found a hatchet. Inside the car, Jesus that hadn't been inside the car. So this guy yelling that you're on private property and I have your tag number while wearing a fucking bunny costume busted their window out with a with a with a small axe. You know what that sounds right. like? It's like a modern day creepy clown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it really does. Although a bunny man wouldn't scare me as much as a clown. Those things freak the hell out of me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saying. Well, the whole clown thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's spooky. Yeah, and it, this this wasn't it. This wasn't it. There was uh, um, a guy named Paul Phillips who was uh, a security guard on a construction site. Saw this clown again. Or saw this clown. I got talking clown. Saw this uh, this bunny <laughs> again. It was it was a guy dressed in a bunny costume, a white bunny costume, standing on uh, the porch of this house that was under constructed or under construction, and. He was about five eight. Uh, the the uh, security guard said he was probably about 175 pounds, and he was chopping at the porch with an axe. And he was telling the guard that everybody here is trespassing, and if you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you in the head. So this guy obviously has an attitude problem. I was just going to say, yeah, this guy he does not, you know, he's not doesn't work well with people here. No, yeah, he's not not a not a people bunny by any any stretch. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Cops cops looked into this, and I mean, they again they saw the the destruction that that there was a uh, you know somebody had been whacking away with a with a bladed instrument on on this porch, um, but you know they didn't see any evidence of a bunny man. Uh, Fifty people in 1970 saw the bunny man. Uh, from as far away, I mean, from Virginia, Maryland, I mean, all, all, all in that area. Um, there's a place in Virginia that's called the Bunny Man Bridge. Uh, it's you know like the, um, the other bridge monster. What, what, the, what the hell was that? Uh, Hopelink monster. Yeah. Um, so the legend is that that uh, yeah the uh, the Bunny Man you know preys on drinking teenagers who hang out near the bridge. Again, that's. Uh, 
that's just a legend that that, that happened. But there, but there are police reports of this uh, of this thing, which you know we just lends some credence. Yeah, yeah, that's the weird part. That's it's like it, that is uh well we're getting into moth well we're getting into West Virginia. It is like uh, I was gonna say it's like the Mothman story. It's very uh you know that's quite the quite the history to it. Now what about the we were on the second to last the penultimate monster. I picked a lot of ones that I think people have heard of because uh, they're also sort of the freakiest in a sense. At least my listeners probably have heard of them. I think we touched on this one earlier. It's a lot like what we've kind of already covered, but it might be worth sort of revisiting, and that's the uh, the sheep squatch because that one's another sort of like what the you know what what is going on here with this. I I, I know it's it's the name that gets me. I mean it's it's, yeah. it's another goat man. It's another, it's another goat. goat man, but it's called. It's called a sheep squatch, which is awesome. But yes. this has a tie into in, in West Virginia, into the sort of in, into the Mothman, because uh, the Mothman was seen first seen around the TNT area, um, you know, around Point Pleasant, and the TNT area was called that because it was an, an ammunitions area uh, for the war. There were, were factories there that made ammunitions. Um, people also started seeing this bipedal. Uh, uh, sheep's covered in white wool. Um, it had goat horns, but it, it did. It also had fangs in its, you know, in its mouth. Um, yeah, this uh, um, this creature would 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 be hanging out by the TNT area, and when people would drive by, uh, it would do would chase their car. Uh, people saw it uh, saw it drinking from a creek. Uh, you know, getting down on its hands and knees. Oh God! Hooves and knees, and drinking from a creek. Um, How degrading! So there was, lots, yeah, it'd be a, you know it'd be a great picture. It's a nice family moment. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it was reported as looking like uh, it had shaggy white hair. It was about seven to eight feet tall, and it had legs like a man, but it also had uh, horn uh, horns like a ram. That sounds like that song Lolo. You don't yes, <laughs> yes, it does. I'm with you. I'm there with you go. You. It did yeah. sound like that was the, that was the, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, there's not much more to Sea Squatch other than the cool name. It's just another goat man with a really cool name, right? right. Not to, I'm sure right. a lot of people right now who are from from in West Virginia who are Sheep Squatch fans who are listeners to the program. So that that demographic, those two people, are very upset with me for dissing Sheep Squatch. But it's just another uh, goat goat man. Again, it's so weird with the goats, though, man. I don't really understand it. I, I don't either. There's the Fort Worth monster is the same thing. It's just another. It's another goat man. Why have there been so many? I don't know. I and mean, you picked out uh, Sheep Squatch because of the cool name. I'm surprised you didn't go after uh, Bat Squatch. Uh, yeah, I, from, I did see it. I mean, I think I think yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I think the Sheep Squatch that's, also has the picture that's like a sort of terrifying sheep. Sheepy face, where you're like, oh shit! <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I would not want to encounter a Bigfoot with a goat head. That's like, that's horrifying. Right. Well, and, and that's the 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 bat squatch out, out of Washington is is got a great name. I love bat squatch, but it's uh it's 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 a purple Bigfoot with bat wings that can fly. Jesus, that's like straight that's out of X Men. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, a purple Bigfoot. How the fuck? Yeah. With bat wings. Well, you need bat wings if you were a purple Bigfoot, because how would you? You you'd need to take advantage of of the land and the air to elude capture, 
Right. I mean, you're purple. You can't hide out in the woods. Right, right, right. And he probably gets on well with the ladies. I would just say, purple Bigfoot. I suppose, yeah. Uh, and the final one here on the Tour de Force. We'll see if we can get it in before the two-hour mark here. The jackalope. As a proud rabbit owner, uh, you assigned the jackalope to Wyoming, but it's more of a, it's more I think of a national treasure. But it may have come from outside America. I'm not positive actually. So, what is the, what is the history of my beloved jackalope? Well, the the jackalope, um, it has the curious distinction of uh, of being a misidentified uh, something misidentified that's actually true, um, and and yes, it could have come from from outside the country because there's uh, a German uh, type of jackalope called a I'm going to completely butcher this Volpertinger. Oh, and that's yeah Volpertinger. Uh, it's a rabbit with antlers. This one's got bird wings and fangs though. Oh Jesus! It still sounds more so dignified than jackalope. Jackalope. Well, jackalope. Um, a guy who was on a Lewis and Clark uh, expedition, a guy named John Coulter, um, was the uh, was the first white man to, uh, to 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 see the Grand Tetons. Uh, wow. He was the first one to venture into uh, what is now Yellowstone National Park. So this guy did a lot of stuff, but he's also the first uh, first guy to claim to see a jackalope. <laughs> uh, which I'm sure everybody knows what that is. It's a large rabbit with antlers. Right, right, uh, right. Right, and it runs fast, and, and legend has it can use human words. Um, oh, I didn't know about that part. Right, it's, uh, has your lepus not talked to you yet? What, what's that? I'm sorry, has your lepus not talked to you yet? I'd be upset with your bunny. <laughs> I've never heard anyone call, sorts of shit. call it a lepus. Have you seen all... Well, there's, there's a great movie from the 1970s called Night of the Lepus. Okay. It's about Lepus. giant rabbits who... It's a big monster movie with giant rabbits. But anyway... I um, prefer Lagomorph, but I don't know. I have to look up Lepus. The, uh, anyway, this Coulter uh, wrote about, about jackalopes, which are, about, uh, which are um, rabbits with, with horns. And... Um, Okay, let me let me get, let me get into the uh, to the taxidermy part of this. The legend went on, uh, and the reason I, I label this to Wyoming is because that's when taxidermists took a rabbit head and mounted uh, antlers on it. Yeah. Okay, so that's where that that, that originated, and you see uh, jackalopes mounted jackalopes all over the place. But there yeah, is they're a, like a novelty uh, item now. They're like a novelty item, right? Yeah, I remember as, as a kid uh, uh, going through Colorado, we stopped at a little greasy spoon, and there was a jack, jackalope head over our table. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Oh, yeah. So, um, there is something magical about it where you're, you see it. Even if you know it's complete bullshit, you're like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's really cool, yeah. It sure was. Um, but what he might have seen, um, what, what Coulter might have seen, was uh, a, a rabbit with, uh, with a disease. There are two types of viruses that, that attack rabbits. And they cause tumors that look like black horns to grow on their heads. Oh yeah, there was like a mountain lion they found uh, in the Pacific Northwest a few years ago. Look like that. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Latin uh, name for it, but it's also called jackalopism. Oh wow! Well, so good. if you look up jackalopism uh, on on Google, those the uh, the poor bunnies uh, they look they uh, you'll feel really sad. Yeah, don't. Just... So thanks for bringing it up, Tim. Yeah. Hey. No, just Google jackalope, 
ism, but don't go to the images part. <laughs> anyway, so that's where are we on the hour here? We're close to the we're close to saying goodnight to the live audience. There's a few more questions I have for you beyond the journey of 50 states. Is there story that I didn't do other than the the top hat Bigfoot, which uh, if you remember it, feel free to tell it. But is there anything I missed that was, uh, you know, in there that, like, you love? Well, I really like the uh, uh, the description of the of the bat squatch. I already already brought him up. Yeah. Um, uh, now you you hit on 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 most of the ones that I I really like. Uh, what what I tried to, like I said earlier, what I tried to do with the book is is to bring out all the the, the strange uh, monster stories from all the states and not dwell on ones that were pretty common. Some states I had to include um, um, I had to include the lake monsters, uh, a lot of lake monsters because. That's their big story, right? And to be fair, I'm I'm a dick because a lot of those stories are really good. I mean, I read them and they were really good. So it's like, and and you know something, a different host might have just like hit on you know each of the different kinds. I suppose I should have really done that. But a different host might have just done all the the sea I mean, like that's what really fascinates me. To me, it was like, I guess I guess it says something about me. This is like a weird Rorschach test where it's like I just kept coming up with Goatman. <laughs> so, so I don't know, you know. But the, there's tons of stories in there, um, lots of flying creatures, lots of sea creatures that I didn't even get to. Um, so, you know, it's 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 really amazing how it's a different, you know, each place has its own stories like that. It's really cool. Yeah, there. I think I will bring up one that's in uh, – there were two similar stories. One was in California. The other oh, – was it Wyoming? Might have been Montana. Uh, Might have even been Utah. It was one of – one of those states might have been Idaho. Uh, it, was, it was in that area. Um, they were um, manta ray-like creatures, except for they flew, and they were translucent. These are the flying sheets? They were like flying sheets, yeah. Is that what they were? Yeah. I, think, I think I saw that one in there, and I was like, it was so fucking weird that I didn't even know what to say, but it was with sheets with spikes or something like that? Right, right, and they just kind of floated through the air. It's like, what the hell is this? The, the fact that they were translucent really got me. Yeah. Yeah. It's really... I should have put that one on there, yeah. It stood out to me where I was like, that's fucking... What are, you, what are these people seeing? You know? It's just the whole... The point is, folks, it's a big, wide, crazy world out there, and we really don't know as much as we think we do. A lot of these monsters could be real. There could be living dinosaurs in Africa. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, there absolutely. So, and and the cool part about the book is there's the uh, there's the English lady, but you can stick around past the hour. So we'll just we'll hang for a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about some other stuff. Um, it, yeah, I mean, if you no matter where you're from in the United States, you can get the when the book comes out, get the book, and uh, there'll be a story in there, a few stories about your state. So. It'll be fun. And that's the kind of book, honestly, like I was saying, Jason, if you put this thing out as a book, you'll be inundated with Kentucky Tuckies. (laughs) This thing thing will be crying out for a sequel, like, (laughs) within, like, two years of people just being like, what the fuck, man? You didn't include the Springfield Strangler? So, you know. 
and that's the thing. I couldn't hit everything. There's no way in hell I could have hit everything. Yeah. And I just I made a note on the Kentucky Tucky because I I got to look something up. Maybe there is a Kentucky Tucky. Yeah, yeah. Let me write. Probably eats chicken. Yeah. Let Let me write the entry for Kentucky Tucky in the book. We'll slip. <laughs> we'll slip in as an inside joke for all the listeners. Uh, to, to Banal of America, so they'll read the yeah. I'll craft the perfect story for the Kentucky Tucky. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put it in the book. Oh man! Excellent. Well, thank you to all the folks in the chat room. This was uh, this was another barn burner, man. This was another fantastic show, and I can't thank Jason enough. Uh, where's the Where's the main hub? We're running out of time, so we're. Uh, I think we already lost a lot of people, but we're. You know, what's the hub that people should go to to check out your stuff? It's jasonoffit.com. All my stuff's there. I've got got links to everything. I've got ways to kind of contact me. Uh, I've, I've got a blog that I, I post on writing every once in a while. So, yeah, jasonoffit.com. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right, well, we lost the live listeners, so now it's just you and me, buddy. And the, uh, the Red no, Sox. Yeah, we're still live. We're still taping and shit, so don't, you know. <laughs> Don't say anything. Don't say anything you'll regret, I'll, and I'll and I'll do my best as well. Um, you so know the, the way that I, the way that I talk. If I haven't said anything I regret by now, it's not going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. The score of the game now is an unfortunate for for Offit. Uh, Boston eight, Kansas City uh, one. One. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the Royals beat Boston yesterday, so I'm 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 cool with with one and one. Yeah, tomorrow's game now is the one that matters. That's the rubber game. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, let me see. So you're going to put this together as a book, you hope, in the next uh, few months. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, by the end of uh, end of summer, I'll um, I'll have this put together in a book, and I'll start uh, shopping it around. Nice, nice, nice. It's- I, I was, I mean, it was it was fun to do. It was a hell of a lot of work. No, dude, I envy uh, you, it, actually, you know, reading the book. I read, well, I keep calling it a book. You keep doing it, too. It's like, it really is a fine, fine collection of work. Um, you know, you should be really proud of yourself. Like, it, I, it, it took a level of commitment that I don't think I really could muster. And, uh, you know, you did an awesome job with it. I was, I was, I really enjoyed it quite a bit, honestly, man. All right, thanks. I appreciate that, Tim. I, I, I do. It's yeah. It was well. I mean, that's that's what I do, other than teach and parent and all that <laughs> other stuff. Is right. Yeah. Um. So, what's your what what have you heard anything new about the Black Eyed Kids? Have you been following this at all? Because people always still kind of ask me about this, and you're kind of my my Black Eyed Kids uh, liaison. Have you have you been following this at all? Has anything new come up with all this? No, I I I I haven't. I've I've honestly um gotten really I've just, I've gotten so frustrated with uh with the paranormal field um that I mean I I do monsters cuz I like monsters. That is that was my uh one of my one of my first first loves um you know with with paranormal stuff when I was a kid and uh and I'd follow that and I also uh I also you know follow any sort of you know time travel story. But when it comes to black-eyed kids and shadow people and things like that, I just you've moved on. Back. Well, what? Yeah. How about time travel then? Has anything caught your eye with time travel? Uh, unfortunately, not. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I mean, that's 
I would love to do a book on time travel stories, but uh, I don't really have enough compiled yet. I mean, I have my own time machine, as you know, but uh, yes, uh, yes, it doesn't work. Well, it's tough. I mean, I uh, Marie Jones and Larry did a, Larry Flaxman did a book on time travel, time, time, and you know, I think I don't, I don't think the whole book was on time travel, but it might have been. But it's like there's really not there's not much out there as far as like time travel stories. You know what I mean? It's like there's really what are there like ten good ones? Uh, well, I I don't know. There's some really pretty cool time travel stories, but but the thing is, there aren't the, there. Regardless of how many there are, there are few enough to where everybody should know them. Yeah, like like, like the uh, British pilot back in I don't know the 1920s who went through a storm and then he uh, went over an airfield and and the airplanes he saw were painted the wrong color and people were wearing the wrong color uniforms and then he went back through the storm and landed and a couple of years later the British Air Force decided to change their airplane color to this color, and the ground crew's uniforms were now oh, this color. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's just tons of stories like that, but they've been rehashed so many times. That's what I mean, yeah. What you need is to, like, meet a time traveler or something, or get a book, like, with a, <laughs> you know, track down Matt. Did, whatever happened to Madman Markham? Do we know whatever became of that guy? Is he, like, could, could you call him and find him right now if you wanted to, you think? Uh, I've, I haven't for, I haven't, I haven't contacted him for about two years, so I don't know if the information I have is still valid. It could be, it, it might not be. Yeah. Well, that would be cool, because then you could, like, get somebody's, I don't like, I don't know how you feel about, I don't know if I believe that John Teeter story seems kind of crazy to me. Well, here's, uh, okay, the, uh, um, uh, oh, man, yeah, because, uh, Rogan, yeah, you know him. You know Rogan, don't you? Yeah, of course. From Pro- Project, yeah, Project yeah. Archivist. Yeah, because he um, he did a he did a show on that. Um, uh, the guy, oh, what was his name? Mike Mith? No, not Mike. Might have been Mike. But his last name's Matheny. Sounds and familiar. This, yeah. this guy, yeah, this this guy. Uh, I remember when uh, when Mike Siegel took over from for Art Bell. He had uh, he had this Matheny guy on who was talking about uh, Ong's Hat, which was a group of scientists who went into the Pine Barrens of New Jersey and um, they were able to you know create a rift um, in in uh, in dimensions and go to a dimension where there weren't any people on Earth and they were starting a new civilization and it was such a cool story but it was also bullshit. Yeah, he was just pulling a joke on everybody. He, uh, Rogan had him on, and, and this guy was claiming that he and a couple other guys were uh, were responsible for the whole John Teeter thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, weird. So, I mean, who knows? John, the John Teeter thing was a great story, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I just, I am so frustrated right now with, with what? Uh, a lot what of things happening in the para- paranormal field. I mean, there's, there's Talk so many to people Timmy. who Talk are... to Timmy. Lay it, lay it on me. What's, what's the problem? Yeah, well, I've said, well, there are so many people who are who are doing this. Like, well, like if, if Matheny's telling the truth and he, he hoaxed all this stuff. Uh, I, I mentioned Tom Biscardi earlier, who's a Bigfoot hoaxer. Yeah. So there are so many of these things that, that really bother me. Uh, there are also 
I mean, I mean, the people just making things up to discredit everybody who's out there doing something serious. And then it's the serious thing, serious people who are also discrediting the field. Like, um, I'm going to throw some names out there that might tick some people off, but like Hoagland. And, and <laughs> I, don't think you're gonna, I don't think you're going to piss okay. anybody off by saying Hoagland. And, and Whitley, Whitley Streber. And, I, of course, by throwing Streber's name out there, I might never get invited back on his show again. But all these, all these three people at the beginning, when they started working, you know, with, with paranormal things, you know, with with uh, uh, Holland with his, you know, with with the monuments of Mars, and and with with Linda Moulton Howe with her, uh, you know, with the, with the crop, uh, not the crop, but the uh, the cattle mutilations, and, and Whitley Strieber with the whole communion thing. I'll give them that. Okay, that was some pretty cool stuff. But after that started fading, they didn't have anything else. Right, right. And they kept reaching and reaching and reaching, and they just got flaky. Richard Hoagland, oh my gosh. Well, it's All like Matt Tony said on the show a long time ago about Richard Hoagland. It's like he's got Martian cabin fever. It's like he, he's he's run out. He's already squeezed all the juice you can out of that face. <laughs> you right. know? Well, and right, which he which he goes other places, and then every time there's a picture that that NASA releases, Hoagland comes out and points at this 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 formation, and he goes, "Oh, this is obviously a manufacturer." No, it's not. It's a fucking rock, dude. Come on, that's a rock. It's 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 not a it's not an alien toilet. Yeah, I mean I'll be honest, okay. I haven't followed his shit in years, so I don't know what he's saying. What? Now, cause like, Actually, neither of, neither have I. I just right. assumed it'd be the same stuff that he was been beating on earlier. Yeah, I listened, he, was, uh, he, he was very conspiratorial back in the day too. It was like uh, I remember there was like he got a lot of shit about some like he he thought there was like some kind of hidden code in an old Navy ad about like a secret space program or something. So it was like he was really he was far out back in the day. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's just uh, it's uh, nothing ever changes in this field. It's uh, it's just very like very stale in a sense. Yeah, I mean, there's there's enough to keep me interested, but not enough to keep me doing a lot other than what I what, what I mentioned. The two things that really really interest me, which are monsters and time travel. Oh, I wanted to ask you about this actually because it was in the. Uh, it was in your archive uh, as you were winding down the uh, 50 states thing. Because I've seen this thing. I haven't looked at it. Maybe you can explain this to me. This phantom time uh, theory, this this conspiracy theory, I think it's the same thing that I've seen in a sense. Um, although maybe there are – this could be like flatter for the all the debate different versions of this thing. But where like the theory is essentially, folks, that there's like a chunk of time in – in the human calendar, like the Dark Ages, actually didn't happen, and uh, like there was some kind. Of, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think your, your mileage may vary then at that point, as far as like why this chunk is missing. Is it a conspiracy? Is it a mathematical error? Is it? But um, that's that's the Phantom Time thing that you were writing about, right? Right. It, yeah. The, it's the Phantom Time time hypothesis. Yeah. Um, which a couple of. Uh, I mean, college college professors have have written this that there's uh, 297 years in you know in the dark ages that they they claim didn't happen um, that the Catholic Church and uh, Emperor Otto the uh, Third and Constantine uh, the the seventh got together to make the year 1000 
happen during um, Otto the Third's reign. Right. Because the year 1000 was a big deal. I mean, for, you know, um, you know so if he, his reign was during the year 1000, he would be more important in his mind than what would uh, – you know, history would would you know would catalog, right? And and to do that, they had to they had to make up 297 years of crap, including Charlemagne. They, they according to this theory, they they or this hypothesis, they made up Charlemagne. The the problem with this uh, Phantom Time hypothesis is that every other civilization on the planet that's been around that was around at that time has documentation of things happening. The documentation in Europe of 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 history during that time is is fairly fairly sketchy. Yeah. So, I mean that that's that's where that's where that uh, that hypothesis came up with, but um although I think it's cool, it's it's a cool idea, uh, you know, worldwide. I mean, talk, talk to the Chinese or or, or in the yeah, India. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Know, doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, but it's really cool. It's kind of like an intellectual's version of the flat earth theory. Uh, that's that's a good uh, yeah that's a good comparison yeah because it's like it's absolutely fucking ridiculous on the face of it but then when you kind of like if you uh you know if you it's fun to entertain the thought I guess you could say right yeah and, and again with the flat Earth theory I like to entertain the thought I don't believe that in any ways <laughs> shape or form but it's cool listening to people give their explanation on how that actually works. Yeah, it's fun right. until they start going crazy. Fun. To you know, it's fun until they it's the like. Same with the, you know, yeah, get all get the all belligerent. <laughs> you know, I like the Hollow Earth theory. The Hollow Earth theory is like more. It's kind of like the the Phantom Time theory. It's a little more benign. It's like, but the the flat Earth people they get mean. They get like they remind me of people like. They remind me of like like nine eleven truthers between the years like two thousand and two to like two thousand and five. Remember that like that period of time where it was like right, right, right. Any mention of nine eleven, they would just like like the and be like inside job. Here's loose change. Why don't you watch it, Lemming? You know, and it's like oh, okay, go get out of the room. Well, and those 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 people, excuse me. It might be a lot of your audience. I don't know. I don't know. But, I, mean, hey, uh, hey, I just insulted yeah. them, too, so you don't, <laughs> you don't yeah. have to worry about it. I was probably one so of them at the time, but I have no, I have no qualm. Well, and, and at, at the time, I'm like, wait a second. Some of this stuff doesn't add up, so I'll put myself in that category, too. Yeah, yeah. The I just mean, you know crazy. what I mean. The people who are like, they're, right, pre- the same, they're preachy about this shit, preachy and, like, insulting. The Sandy Hook people are like that, too. Yeah, they're the modern Again, equivalent no of offense it. to yeah. listeners. Yeah, they're the modern equivalent of it. They're, you know, I have no use for like, uh, you know, something. I think talk about a conspiracy. I think the whole like idiots who yell false flag at everything—that's the fucking conspiracy, folks. <laughs> like, like they've they've diluted the whole idea. No one will ever believe the idea of a false flag. They've like double reverse jinxed everyone. By always calling everything a false, you know what is that? You know, it's a, they cried wolf. Like, there's no. I'm more likely to believe the official government story of anything now because the false flag people say everything's a false flag. It's like everything can't be a false flag, dude. Right, right. Yeah, I'm. I'm 
but I love conspiracy theories. I love them, oh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna limit my I'm gonna limit myself to to two. Uh, there's one uh, a guy. <laughs> what, are, what, what two are those? I hope they're like a like, you know DB Cooper. First of all, gotta be DB Cooper. Uh, no. no, no, it's not him. There's there's there's, there's <laughs> a guy who's convinced. There's a guy who's convinced that uh, uh, Mark David Chapman did not assassinate. Uh, um, oh John yeah, yeah, that it was like Stephen, it was King, Stephen right? King. Yes, it was Stephen King. And there's there's a great there's a great video on YouTube of this guy storming into a uh, I guess he didn't storm into he he went into uh, a city council meeting in a town in Florida, and yeah. he had all these these, these you know, poster board with information on it. And one of the city you know, he was you know during the public talking he was talking about Stephen King and you know assassinating. Um, John Lennon and, and one of the councilmen's like, "This is Florida. Why are you talking to us about this?" <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. So that's number one. Another one. On our way back from uh, uh, from from vacation on the beach in Mississippi, we went through Memphis. So I had to stop by Graceland. Oh, this there's was a, recently, a, right? This was recently, right? This I saw was just your... last week. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, uh, my wife took a picture of me in, in front of a sign that said Aaron Elvis Presley. And it, it, the Aaron spelled wrong. It's got two A's. Oh. And Presley's folks spelled it with one A. Because All right, there's the conspiracy really there. theory I'm going with. Yeah. Not really dead. Going with that. I've heard that before. Obviously, we've had a show on it. I'm a big fan of the Elvis Death Oaks. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe it, but there are a lot of weird things involved with that where it's like... Yeah, something about it doesn't quite add up. Oh, and by 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 me saying I mean I I like these things. I'm not saying I believe in any mm. of it. It's just fun. Right. Of course. No. 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 I it's, I will go to the conspiracy theory on any like sort of weird pop culture event. Like any any like celebrity death. If there's a conspiracy theory related to it, I'm all over it. You know what I mean? Because I love those things. Yeah. Who oh knows? yeah. There's those are those are terrific. Yeah. I'm already, like, all worked up about this guy from North Korea they murdered. Where it's like, what did they do to this guy? No one will ever know. It's a mystery. Yeah, what and why. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. so am I. I'm all over that. You know, it's like, what? no one, how, you know, someone has to leave there, like, and tell, and tell his tale. Like, who, who, who would know? And will anyone ever know? It's, that, that whole thing is, that place is creepy. It scares it's me. Dennis Rodman, man. Dennis Rodman's going to go in there and find out. I hope so. He should bring all those fucking people that are left back, <laughs> the Americans. You know, it's crazy. Now, I don't even want to get into politics, but are you, how are you feeling about the world today? Let's just leave it at that. How are you feeling, you know, because you were you were happy with the outcome of the election on the election special, and I don't blame you and, and everything, and I, I get your point and everything on that. So now that you've had six months to see how this all unfolds, what are your, what are your thoughts uh, without – Inflaming the audience. Well, by saying I was happy, um, I'm not going to say I was happy. I was drunk uh, during the election special, <laughs> and you yeah, knew well, that because so I. I told so you. I. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was pretty That's late when I called in. That's how you got the title of drinking buddy. Yeah, but no, the um, uh, oh my god, the election. It, it's it was there was no choice in in my opinion. There was no choice. We were. Uh, we were screwed no matter what happened, which is how things have been for 30-some years. Well, when's the last time we had a decent choice of, of two people uh, for an election? 
we haven't had two good candidates fighting each other for you know for for the presidency. It's it's painful to think about. And, but but anyway, but apart from that, how are we right now? I I don't you know, I don't know. Yeah, not good. I'm just gonna hide in my bunker. <laughs> well, that's that's a, that's a wise choice. Um, so what's going on with the fic in your fiction realm? I talked about funeral uh, story, well, but you have how many of these books do you have out now, and how many more do you have coming? All right, I um, uh, fiction-wise, uh, funeral funeral story was my my first novel. Um, it's a nerd romance that involves a man who has a secret life uh, outside of his family and playing Dungeons and Dragons of picking up strange woman, women at funeral and having sex with them uh, in the uh, in the church. Yes, yeah, like a funeral crush. Um, right, yeah I, I, yeah, I guess. Um, so anyway, so that's, uh, yeah, that's what he does. He crashes, yeah, crashes funerals. Uh, Fiction-wise, I did that. I uh, had a book of short stories uh, come out. February, I think. Um, it's uh, horror, uh, uh, some humor. Uh, the big story is a, is a novella in in uh, in the book. It's called Road Closed, but the novella in that book is called Matriarchal Nazi Cannibals. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I yeah. uh, just received a uh, just received a contract last in the last few days uh, for a non-zombie zombie novel that I wrote. Uh, called the Piper, which uh, yeah, I'm not sure when it's going to come out yet. Can you tell? What do you mean, non-zombie zombie? It's a zombie novel, but there aren't any zombies in it. What is that? Yeah, that's quite the tease. That is quite the tease. Yeah, and no. it will remain so. It's like a story that takes place in the zombie apocalypse, but you don't—you never actually run into any of zombies. That might be, yeah. Have you seen uh, Last Man on Earth? That's a great show. You'd love that. Uh, no, I haven't heard of that. My, my wife and I are uh, frugal. Most people would call it cheap. I'll <laughs> go with cheap. Yeah, we're cheap. No. Yeah, we yeah we don't have we don't have cable. We we've got Netflix. So <laughs> you just call yourself. We don't cord, see anything. You, you say you're just you're cord cutters, man. That's the word for cheap now. That's the word. I'll have to use that. Thing, yeah, you're you know? you're cord cutters. You're in the right anyway, because these fucking things are like I'm probably paying at least a hundred bucks for cable alone. You know, it's just I could probably get all the shit I want uh, streamlined down to, you know, maybe fifty bucks a month if I did my homework and shit. So, right, which is exactly what we do. We've we've got uh, uh, we've got an internet service, so I mean we've we've got that. We've got we've got Netflix and Amazon Prime, so we're. Uh, we're set for as much, uh, you know, much entertainment as we want, and and, uh, and anything else, and we're not paying for anything we don't want. That's a good move. So that's that's a that's a sales pitch there for dumping cable. Time Warner, please don't come to my house. I don't know if this is true. You should check with your cable company, but I think I think the trick that these these young people use <laughs> is they, if you sign up for the internet, you can watch the cable on the internet. Uh, with your cable login. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, so go to your... I don't know who you have for an internet or for a, a provider, but, like, I have Comcast. I could probably cancel my Comcast cable, but since I have a Comcast internet account, I can then log in and watch all the shows on all the channels anyway with my Comcast account because they all have an on-demand 
internet feature. Try that. That would solve my problem. The only problem I have with not having cable is I don't get to watch sports. I have to listen to them on the radio. That's what I was just yes. going to say. The big problem, yeah. I don't get any Red Sox games. I'd have to, uh, I'd have to figure out either an MLB package or a uh, some kind of way to watch them. So they get you that way. Yeah. There's always with, with baseball, I mean, let me let me throw how old I am out here. Baseball, I prefer listening to it on the radio than watching it. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a lot more suited to the radio than it is to TV. Yeah, because you can do shit while you're listening to the game. But if you're watching the game, I don't know about you, but I find myself now, like, just sitting on my, my iPad or my phone looking at shit and having the game on next to me, you know, lying on the couch with the game on, just, like, looking up every, you know, you fill in the blanks of the game with being on your phone. It's not really how it was meant to be. No, it's meant to be you're yeah you're you're uh, fucking fucking around in the garage or something yeah yeah exactly rebuilding an old car or something like that painting something a like that yeah that's what summer's all about folks and that's why we had off it on here uh, to kick off the summer of the all okay and guys tomorrow I'm going to be outside painting a fence <laughs> I don't have one of my own yeah. okay so I might be arrested. <laughs> For vandalism, but I'm painting the fence tomorrow. Or you may not have to pay for dinner because you painted your neighbor's fence, man. Which it's we it could go either way. Yeah, you know, I think might get about free that. dinner. Yeah. I I'm might a, get arrested. We'll see how it goes. I'm a glass half empty type guy. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. your neighbor, that eighty year old. Oh, Jason, you're so sweet. Oh, is this your summer yeah. plan to to paint the fences of the neighborhood while you listen to the Royals game? You know. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Then why is it black with six 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 painted in red ink? Well, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it just happened. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, all right, man. Well, we're gonna call it a night here uh, on the show. Thank you so much for doing the extra half hour, and thank you for uh, everything over the years, man. You know, you're just uh, you're one of these folks in this first you know, cluster of shows that I definitely want to have right away. Like I said, it wasn't a question of like, uh, are we going to get Jason off it? It's like, when are we going to get Jason off it? When, you know, when am I going to plug Jason into the show uh, here on season 10? I saved you till kind of like, you know, the eighth episode, seventh, eighth episode here. Cause I was like, I don't want to rush Jason out here, man. And it worked out honestly, like that thing I said about getting in the car where it was like monsters and Tom Bodette. It was like, I had no idea that you were going to finish this thing on this date. I was just like, hey, man, what about June 20th? And it all, I think you just finished this thing like a week ago. So it, it really is. Yeah, uh, it all worked out. Yeah, it really it really came together in an amazing way. So I can't thank you enough for doing the show tonight, giving us the extra time, and, of course, all these years of just fucking amazing conversations, man. And as I've said to a lot of the longtime guests uh, over the last few weeks, I'm not fucking going anywhere, so don't worry about that. This ain't the last conversation we're going to have. This is just, you know, the last time we're going to do it in this way. Who knows what's going to happen next? But it'll be different and fun and a huge adventure for all of us, I hope. And, all right, dude, I'm I'm, yeah. look, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to talking with you again. Now, I, I have a question. Sure. Since, since, since uh, at the very beginning, <laughs> uh, I, I, got the t- I got the title, uh, um, you know, BOA Drinking Buddy. Yeah. What what have you been having? What are you talking about? 
you said that you went out and bought no, beer no, today. I, I, no, I'm drinking the uh, the Elysian Space Dust IPA. Do they have that near you? I have never heard of that before. I posted it on my Twitter account uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. It's like a little... I'm... It's a hops. It's a little hops, bud. And he's like... He's like joyfully vomiting a stream of uh, sparkly dust. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Eight point wouldn't something you? percent alcohol. It's very potent. So I've only had like two or three of those tonight while we've done the show. Because uh, I can well, handle that, of course. But... I'm having a Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. Nice, nice. Pretty tasty. What's the beer scene like out where you are? Uh, well, we have a uh, uh, we've got a brewer brewing company in Kansas City called Boulevard. Uh, puts out a lot of really really tasty tasty beers. Uh, I got a nice one in uh, in St. Louis called Schlafly. Yeah. Which uh, puts out uh, puts out some some good beer. Really, they they put out a really nice American pale ale, um, which I'm, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I brought some back from uh, Mississippi. I like because uh, you know, we we went to the beach down there. There's a brewing company called Lazy Magnolia, and a beer that they had that I have fallen in love with, and I will never try it again after the two that I've got in my cooler, um, is pecan brown ale. Oh, like pecan flavor? Yes. Ooh, I don't know if I'd, fantastic. yeah. Oh, dude, it's fantastic. The first couple are probably fantastic. After that, you're like drinking maple syrup, I think. I don't know. What does that taste like? Uh, I don't know. I'll go upstairs and drink some maple syrup. Find <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, when are you going to come out to Boston, dude? I joke with you. I, I have had beers now with Adam Davies, who lived all the way over in England, somehow came to America, and then I found him. And we had drinks, so we're you and I are long overdue, man. When that when that when eh, when is that going to happen? Okay, now I listened to the show with Adam Davies, and he lives over here now. So I know don't he give cheated. me that English he cheated, stuff. Yeah, he cheated. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're we're uh, we at Boston on the family vacation uh, routine uh, rotation. Sometime in the next two or two years, we're gonna we're gonna be out there. All right, I'll show you around. Yeah. I don't know Boston, but I can take you to like weird, cool places. We'll we'll put up, you know, we'll put together something. We'll have fun. Or I'll just All right, you know what? Dinner. Who knows? We'll go to Salem. That we kids, just, you know, people like that. We can just just hang out and have a couple beers, man. That's all I want. No, right. no, nothing big, nothing fancy. Just, uh, just, just some, just some, just some talking <laughs> beers and some bullshit. All right. Well, I'll cancel the tent rental then. Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for being on the show all these years, and uh, like I said, we'll we'll do it again sometime very soon, I'm sure. But uh, like I all right, I hope so, Tim. It's been a great great ride, man. And uh, sure have. Uh, I was talking. I, I was uh, was my wife said uh, asked me today who are, who are you going to be on on the show with, and and I told her, and I'm like this. I I was a fan of Tim's before I was ever on the show. I sent you an email. Yeah, telling I you that. I enjoyed a show. And then you uh, then you had me on. So thank you. Oh man, it was my pleasure. You know, it was my pleasure. It's been my pleasure all these years. You know, it's uh, yeah. There are some folks. It, it's going to sound cheesy because like uh, I can say this about a lot of the people who've been on this first batch of shows, but um, and it it, it actually not to get too I'm going to get sentimental now, but it uh, connects in with Jim. Mars, we talked about earlier. There are some folks uh, like Marie, Lauren, and uh, Jim, 
who've been on this and you, who've been on the show so many times over so many years, and it's like you're not. And and I I mean I get shit about it sometimes. People are like, oh, he has the same people on the time all, on all the time and stuff like that. It's like these aren't guests, folks. These are fucking family at this point. After all these years and all these conversations. This is the family. This has been all of America family, and and you know Jason Off is a huge part of it, and and as I said at the beginning of the show, Jim is, and all the folks who've been on so many times, so over so many years, so and uh, you know I I'm just I'm you know I love you, man. I love you, and I love having you on the show. We're gonna keep doing this many many more years. Don't you worry about that. All right, that's good to hear, man. Hey, you're my favorite, Tim, man. I've been in, interviewed by a shit ton of people. Hey, I love being on your show. All right. Well, have a good night. I got to close it out and uh, plug next week's show. The ship continues. The the goat man must keep eating. Okay, I, I expect to hear more goat man later. All right, take care of yourself. <laughs> All right, Tim brother. Bell. Good night. Good night. Good night. There you go. That was Jason Offit. Another uh, classic conversation here on season ten. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, and I meant what I said, folks. This is this is the Benal of America family, and. Next week on the show, we're lucky in a sense because I was like, I need a fucking break. It's been eight weeks straight here, and I'm ready to drop. But we uh, found some folks who I really want to talk to, and uh, sort of a light bulb went off in my head this week, and I was like, that would be some folks who've been doing some really cool stuff, and I'd like to get them on the show and find out. And it's a break from what we've been doing for the last few weeks, as I was saying to Jason, this batch here at the beginning. We're kind of going to segue, I think, now into some folks who, uh, you know, they're not the BOA regulars. They're folks who have been on the show in the past, more often than not. Uh, Maybe some new guests, I hope, over the summer. And uh, that kind of shift is going to happen next week when we welcome back to the program Greg Newkirk and Dana Matthews, who are part of the uh, Traveling Museum of Weird haunted items, and uh, occult objects. And I'm sure I butchered the name of their museum, but they have been doing so much stuff since the last time they were on the show. They've been on a couple of TV shows. Uh, They're doing this amazing uh, 3D project to scan these items in their museum, and they've run into all kinds of weird problems and uh, technical difficulties that are really remarkable and interesting to me at least, and I think uh, they'll be interesting to the folks who listen to this show because they're trying some new shit. They're trying some different stuff, and uh, I think that's going to be interesting to talk about because the video they put up this week was really, really, really intriguing. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the uh, Traveling Museum. We're going to talk about uh, them getting involved with TV a little bit, and I'm sure they have a shit ton of other projects going on. They've been traveling all over the country uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They're going to be on next Tuesday night, June 27th at 9 p.m., keeping it going, the 9 p.m. train. So, uh, yeah, that's next week on the program. BOA Audio, Greg Newkirk, Dana Matthews, the Traveling Museum of Weird and uh, Paranormal Objects. I fucked it up again. I can't find the thing on here, but you know what I'm talking about. So, until next time, this is Tim and all. Thank you for listening and signing off.